Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Exactly, specifically the same exact mother. This is Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am your host, AJ Orsini. And of course, once again, joined by DC. By me. That's <laughs> right. And I have to make a correction right off the gate. I kept calling last week's episode 205. It was 206. So now we're on 207. You following? Yeah, you skipping numbers now. I'm You're all cheating. over the map, yes. Fucking cheating. This is, <laughs> I actually was jipping myself. Because oh, yeah, I was well, already on 206. Nah, nah, nah. You were building for the payout. I'm nah, not falling for yeah, it. Yeah, I was trying to buy time uh, yeah, before yeah. we get to next week's four-year anniversary episode. Woo-woo-woo. Oh, yeah. See, that's where my line went to. God damn it, growing up with this radio station. Oh, man. Yeah, so we're we're getting ever so closer, I guess you could say, to the four-year anniversary show, which I'm... A lot closer now in nailing down exactly what I plan on doing with this show. First off, we'll be live. Uh, you will be there, of course. I will be there. There, I'm looking at two other people to join us. One, I can confirm, will be in the seat. Um, went with a different lineup uh, than the because I just did Stephen Joe for for two hundred. So I was like, nah, I gotta mix yeah, it when up. When can you get enough of Steven Young? No, huh? Never. Never. In a non homosexual way, I could tell you I love the both of them. All but homo. All, all homo implied. <laughs> uh, but uh no, we're gonna change up the lineup and um this uh this Saturday not yeah, this this coming Saturday will be the four year anniversary. We're going live and the one person I can't confirm, it will be a long awaited return. And He's got some stories to tell, com- complete with photo evidence. Coming back well seasoned. Uh, coming <clears throat> back a whole new man, half the man he once was physically, so that's good. Return of the Ming. He's in the house on Saturday. Maddie Ming will be back on the show. It's been quite a while, over a year. Oh, my God. And he's. Oh, he's, my God. Uh, I got a lot. I got. I'm, oh, I'm like starstruck. Hold he's, on. He, oh, hold on. Wait. I got to get my topics. I don't know if I can do this today. I, 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 got no, I don't have enough time. I, I, I have to prep. Uh, yeah. Ming uh, and I have been talking recently about doing something. And then it came across. I was like, I'm going to be live Saturday. Be live. 
I've never had Ming on for a live one. So this should be interesting. He's been pre-recorded. And uh, believe it or not, no, 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 I was just going to say, I've never edited him in the past. (laughs) There's too much genuine good shit with him to edit him down. You can't you can't slow that guy down. Uh, But he's in a much better space than before. Um, He's lost over 100 pounds. Look at and him. he's oh no yeah he's 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 been laser focused recently, and uh, the show we're getting ready to talk about in a little bit the Grand Slam event from AEW the one that took place in Queens he was in the front row, oh, and shit. He, and he was backstage. Oh my god! Hence, look at him just hence the photo body. hence the photo evidence. So oh. we'll <laughs> we'll talk this Saturday. You don't want to miss that one. That's gonna listen. be funny. All that stuff sounds good and dandy. Is he still as toxic as I remember? Oh, him? man. I think more so now that he's lost oh, the weight. Oh, okay. He's... So we're good. Oh, all no, that no. stuff is fine. Now that he's, he's lost the weight, he's really feeling himself now. Time. Yeah, whatever, dude. Is he toxic? That's yeah. what we want to know. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, whatever support I have from the women in my fandom uh, is going to go right out the window this Saturday on the four-year anniversary show. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, no, he's going to be back in the room for sure. Uh, it's, it's so funny because whenever I have him on, I have to debate whether or not I should even bring a female on also. You could, but he, no, he begs, gotta be, but he begs it, for it. He's like, please yeah, bring another woman on. It's got to be a special oh, It's, it's got to be one that can go toe-to-toe with it's me. It's got to be someone who, not just on the surface, says they can handle it. Someone you know has proven they can handle some shit like that. Mm. That's all. That. That's all, man. People like to act like they're fucking got thick skin until they're just in the heat of it. <laughs> then it just all goes downhill. Yeah. For your anniversary this Saturday, Ming is back, and back. Uh, and we're gonna bring another individual on. As far as what we're doing, I got a little bit of a, I had a little bit of a conundrum with that because I wanted uh-huh. to do something different than I normally do for these things. Right. And I came up with a I came up with something pretty cool. Pretty cool. And it's gonna involve me, it's gonna involve you, it's gonna involve Ming, and it's gonna involve you, the squad of O. You see, every time we do these live events, we always get comments up the wazoo. There's always people who join us. And I always that's the interactive part for me. I bring up the questions or the comments they make. We discuss it further. We make them. We engage the audience. We bring them into the show. You know, they become of like a fifth member of the show. Does the audience? Well, this time around, since some of you have literally been listening to me for the whole four years, I decided to do something uh, very interesting. So I'm giving. I'm going to be giving away shit. Oh, yeah. We're doing. We're doing. We're doing a giveaway. Now, I'm not just giving away my shit all willy-nilly. No, no, no. In, in true game show capacity, you's going to have to earn it. So what we're going to do is this uh, this anniversary show on the 4th, yeah, we'll be discussing topics like normal and we'll be getting into it with the hijinks and the laughter and blah, blah, blah. But we are going to have the first ever Orsini's Uncensored Mind trivia game. We're going to have Ooh, ourselves a sure. trivia game and the game that we'll be using, I don't know if you've ever, if you're familiar with this, but there's a program called Kahoot. We will be Kahooting on the anniversary show. We will get questions, and you folks, and if any of my panel would like to play, they can play as well. You folks will get a chance to interact and play the game. And if you rank anywhere in the top three, first place, second place, third place, 
you will get a free prize. Ooh. It's very simple. I will go to the AJOUM.com merch store. I will buy the item, and I will ship it to you completely free of charge. Oh, my God. Absolutely free of charge. Now, we will tier these prizes, mm-hmm. with the first one, of course, being bigger than the third, da-da-da. But and we'll discuss more at the show and right. what those prizes will be. But that's what we're that's the big that's the big hook. That's what we're going with. You guys will finally have a chance to interact live with us and win something for doing so. So it should be a fun time. I mean, like I said, the merch store's got all kinds of shit. It's got mugs, it's got towels. It was those that my son says beach towels, tank tops. <laughs> that's the stuff. We've got shirts, we've got all kinds even of shit. Even he's baffled to even, his even he's confused as to how his dad did all this shit. But you guys will get a chance to win some free shit this mm. weekend, this Saturday, coming up. Uh, on the four-year anniversary show, uh, I believe. Are you are you still okay with eight? Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, Captain. See, there you go, and then we'll move forward from that. Uh, one more thing before we get into the topics of the day, I would like to send out another thank you, not just for the four years, but you'll be hearing a lot next week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for making episode two hundred six, the tale of Godzilla versus King Kong, one of the most downloaded episodes in a very very long time that good uh yeah i had to clip it because i don't think people were understanding (laughs) that we couldn't keep it on the shelves we were selling out Mm. uh the product was coming out of the store faster than i could (laughs) provide it uh last week's episode went all over the place Uh, and people who haven't heard my show in a while were texting me going okay that was hilarious so we went off the rail. If you missed last week, go back, ajoum.pompy.com. We kind of went off the rails a little bit. We had a format in front of us, folks, I swear. We had a rundown. And I had to go back because I don't even remember how it started. But somehow we were talking about the Eternals and then gods. And then I, I transitioned to this movie. And then you said you hadn't seen it yet. So that was me doing my best to explain to you how all of that action went down. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was in an entertaining enough way where everyone just kind of lost their shit over it. Well, good. So <laughs> so th- the only other problem, the only, well, not the only other, but the only problem really is that a few of them was like, you got to do more of these. I'm not sure I can because it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. I don't know if we should be doing movie reviews on here from now on like that. I was like, I mean, I can. I don't think that's the first time I've ever done that. No, but what that what I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't purposely set out to do it, right? That's, that's what the cool I'm thing saying. about that. It was very natural. But um that should make you feel really good about venturing off onto different topics because that's what you pretty much get, right? <laughs> yeah. Like wrestling, you have a certain demeanor. It you know, the, so we'll just try to fit more things in there that are different. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So let the magic happen because that's that's being you sitting in a fucking living room like that's what we normally do in the living room. Yeah, just talking. So there's more of that. We just got to find yeah. the right topic. That's all. We're not for, forcing that for shit. a that's split second. I fe- I felt like the microphones weren't on. I think well, that's yeah. I think that's what that moment was kind of like. And I was like, all right, yeah, we. Uh, I, I told a few of them in response said, hey, if it comes up, because I'm not gonna schedule in. Hey, let's do another review like that. But 
you know, if it happens, it happens, and, and you know, who knows? We'll right. keep it. We'll keep it. We'll keep it going. If you want to find out if I end up doing it again, then you gotta keep listening. That's how right. that works. Right, right, right. You don't know what the fuck you're gonna get on the oh, show. Oh, look at you <laughs> trying to reel him in. Got, dude. Gotta hook him somehow. Yeah, I didn't even know I was gonna do it. So, god damn it, we were all surprised last week on how that came out. So, it is what it is. I actually convinced one person to actually go see it. I'm like, I hadn't seen it yet, but now I got to see if all this shit is. I'm telling you, watch it and tell me that shit is not accurate, man. Just I wasn't just telling people plot points and storyline stuff. I was telling you what was in their eyes. I could read it. The eyes are a window to the soul. And toward the end there, Godzilla's soul was hurt. And I needed to verbalize that for people. So there you go. There you go. Oh, man. Okay, so we we did take the break last week. And uh, the break, of course, being from pro wrestling. And, of course, I, I, I stay away from it for just a few fucking minutes. And everything goes crazy. Uh, Grand Slam event for AEW, which we're going to talk about. I wanted to send some notes out about uh, NXT 2.0 because I'm getting killed. No one's understanding my point. So we're going to talk a little bit more clearly on that. I wanted to touch up with you on Bianca and Becky because we had spent so much time on that for SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm glad I watched this shit because you just would have sidetracked. You, you would have just fucking hit me with a sideswipe because he told me to only watch the last match. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I said I watched. I told you exactly what I watched. I watched Bianca and Becky and the last match. False. You said on the I rundown it says Bianca and Becky. Match. On the rundown, it says Bianca and Becky finally right. had, a re- had a real extreme rules. It was dope, but you got to watch that main event finish. All right, good enough. I'll give I'll I'll give you that. But you watched it anyway. You watched the whole show. Yes, you watched. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. You I watched more than I watched because I only watched those two matches yeah, and I still I haven't gotten that. I just wanted to bitch. So, but that's okay because once we get to that point, I'm gonna give you all the room to bitch about that show because you you opened up earlier with saying they're trying to specifically piss you off well this is what what you're talking about is what they're doing to piss me off Hmm. this is what pissed me off the pay-per-view wasn't that bad like so i don't think i've ever seen an extreme rules before and my buddy was telling me like this is one of the throwaway pay-per-views yeah so i was like all right i didn't really go in expecting much and it wasn't terrible it wasn't a bad pay-per-view but this specifically they they want to piss me off well, go ahead. Let's go with it. Just because it's last on the sheet doesn't mean it has to be last in our hearts. Go with it. What's pissing you off? No, up? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like this whole feud would be so much better if it just didn't start the way that it did. Well, okay. So- I can't get over it. I'm sorry. I just fucking can't. I hate like this. All of the, all of this looks great. Cool. This happens. The promos. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. This should be the other way around. And I don't know why if this just doesn't make sense in a matter of the WWE universe because Becky shouldn't be chasing Bianca. It should be the other way. Maybe they thought that would be more, uh, they'd be better if the chase was the other way for Bianca or for whoever the fuck it's better for. But when I'm watching these promos, when I'm watching these matches, when I see these two encounter back and forth, when I see the promo with them sitting at the table talking shit, it just, my brain keeps going back to get, but it's like you literally just put the belt on Becky so you can have a a forced moment. And it's just, it kills the whole feud for me. And it's a shame because I actually, I want to see these two. These two have a, a great match. They 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 can work. I just 
that beginning just fucking killed it for me, man. I, it's just like I'm a non-believer to none of the shit that's going on now because of it. Did the 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 only argument that we had for the what was it they they keep talking about twenty six seconds or twenty seconds they they've been bragging about it this whole time. The only pro to it is that it was going to help Becky get heat. That was the only thing that I had stated that I can think of. Because to me, it didn't make sense either. But if I was going to spin it, if I'm going to think through the mind of a WWE exec or through the eyes of a WWE exec, and I'm, th- I'm, I'm trying to rationalize, well, why would, I, why would I do this in 20 seconds and squash all that we did with Bianca or whatever, whatever? It was all to get her her heat. And we come out of that SmackDown from SummerSlam, and it didn't accomplish that. It still took an extra week or so for her to be full-blown Everyone says any heat is good heat. I think no, they I don't believe that. Finally disproved that. Yeah, no, I to me, to me, anyway. yeah. they disproved that. That that is not good. We don't. We didn't need that. This these two would have been phenomenal together. I think they still are having a good program together. It's just it's. Ugh. It was. It's funny because the twenty it, seconds did get heat, but it didn't get heat for Becky. It got heat for the people who made the decision to end that match in twenty the seconds. Company. The company. What, yeah. It got the company heat. It didn't right. give Becky heat. Becky, Becky still had to go out there and earn that heat. Yeah. Which she still doesn't completely, totally, 100% have. She's working on it. And she's doing a good job of it. But it, it wasn't there. Uh, this this match itself, in a vacuum, you said that you did enjoy this match. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match. The whole time I'm thinking, honest to God, the whole time I'm just thinking, oh, this is good, but this is good. <laughs> this but. Is good like, but. everything that they do just kind of has an asterisk for me right now. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way. I, I don't know if it's weird to think that way, but that uh, I just don't like the way they did my girl, man. I just don't like the way they did her. They're, and they're, I just hate that she has to just go through with it and just do the program. I don't like seeing the belt on Becky right now. I don't think that was cool the way they did that. The way they did it or if they would have had a match and then Becky won, would it have changed it? Uh, your feelings yeah. on her being champion? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Of course it would have changed. I so would have been just okay the way that it happened. I still would have been mad, but I would have been mad in the the kayfabe version of mad. You know what I mean? Like that's I don't want I want her to keep having her run. I didn't want her to have her run split. I want mm. her to hold the belt and develop and become better. And she is getting better. Every time she's in that ring, she's getting a lot better. I still think the number one thing about Belair that I do not like is that she marks out. I don't know if that's part of her gimmick, but every time a new superstar comes in, she marks out. I don't like that. But her in-ring stuff is just really good. But this whole feud is tainted. Mm. So that's why I say when 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 I'm watching this, it's like they're trying to piss me off because the match is really good. I just fucking uh, the feud. I'm just I want to I want a hard reset. <laughs> take me back, back take me back you know like i don't care if she cheated her out of the belt that's okay too i think that would have gotten her more heat than what they fucking did yeah it would have gotten her heat as opposed to the other way around Ugh, i digress they it was funny because i didn't watch the whole pay-per-view as a matter of fact i was doing something school related and i forgot that it was on and then i got a phone notification from peacock Ooh. they were like Hey, are you watching? I'm like, no, Peacock. Thanks for reminding me. And then I put it on, and when I put it on, it was Bianca's entrance. So I was right. like, oh, okay. I'll watch this match first, then I'll rewind. I never rewound. 
But I, I, it, it, I watched this match and I was like, all right, well, all the shit they did at SummerSlam, let's see how it would have worked out in real time. Right. How they let it happen. And I actually really enjoyed it too. Becky. Oh my God. Becky's so good. <laughs> like Bianca comes off like an absolute freak. Everything she was doing, I'm like, God damn, she's a monster. She really is. She can move. She's strong. She's at, She's she's a perfect physical package. But when you have someone in the ring that knows how to tell a story, it yeah. stands out. And that's, and that's why I was Becky like, does. that's what Becky does. And I'm watching <laughs> Becky work, and I'm like, she's doing nothing. I think yeah. we were like but, 10 minutes into the physical part of the match. Not, not you know, As soon as the bell rings, I'm, I'm leaning over to my wife. I'm like, she hasn't done a thing. And this crowd is so into it. Right. <laughs> I was like, she hasn't done anything. Bianca has done stuff, but Bianca's done more cosmetic stuff. She wasn't taking any bumps either. I'm like, this is just magical. These two together are really fucking good. And then, like you said, in my head, I'm like, oh, but 26 seconds, bro. We c- that would have, this could have stolen it at SummerSlam. The return of Becky in through the crowd. And had a match. They and they start off as two baby faces competing for a championship. And, and a slight edge by Becky Wright, a little dirty at the end, causes some confusion, wins the title from Bianca, and that's the story moving forward. Because, yeah, they run the gimmick that she's not ready for this. She's been babied. She doesn't know how hard this really is. All that good shit. You got to be ready for anything, you know, yeah. things are like, you know what I mean? Make it look like, oh, she sees everything as cotton candy and rainbows. The 26 but seconds. the man's going to teach you the nitty gritty of the business. Yeah. Like, that's a that's the way they could have ran with it, but they the, didn't. The 26 seconds doesn't put, Firing me up, dude. Doesn't, <laughs> the 26 seconds doesn't put Bianca in an in a advantageous situation because all she can say is just is that she's embarrassed that she lost in 26 seconds. Right. It's not like she has a redeemable... As a baby face, she doesn't have anything re- redeemable in that situation. Not even as because a she baby didn't get cheated out. She got beat flat. Not e- yeah, not even just as the baby face, as the champion. That's the thing right there. It has nothing to do with being a baby face to me. It has to do with the champion. So if I buy into the 22nd thing, you shouldn't even be having a match. Yeah. <laughs> with Becky because you're just Beat not you even close seconds. to her level. She yeah. can hit you with one move. She can go and release a parasite from her stomach and be gone for a year and a half and come back and beat you in 20 seconds. She's, in, she's, 20 a, she's seconds. in the wrong division, apparently. She needs to be competing for the Intercontinental title, at least. Oh, oh shit. Who... What did you fin- just put the intercontinental title? That's what I said. Who, what woman in this division? Because Bianca ran through everybody. She was beating everybody on a daily basis. And then, and then here comes Becky, fresh off of the of maternity leave, and beats her in 20 seconds. What female is going to touch Becky Lynch logically in that situation? That's well, it. That's, She's out of the women's division. And that's the problem. There we go. What they just did. What that's they it. Did, Shinsuke man. Nakamura's in trouble now. <laughs> His He's, ass is bad. Yeah, I think <laughs> Or whoever, or no, he's yeah, he's the Intercontinental Champion right now. Yeah, Becky's coming for Shinsuke next. That's I believe it. it. I mean, that's the only move. That's the only logical explanation. No, and not for nothing, that match would be dope, though. Oh my god! Because these motherfuckers would just do a whole bunch of taunts and all their specials would be flashing at the same exact time. Nobody would use any of them, but they'd have them. You rest assured, yeah. they'd have them. That's funny. They just hit all those taunts. <laughs> no one attacking each other while taunting. A good clean taunt match. Becky and uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, the last match, Roman and the Demon. 
Roman in the demon. Ro- Roman in the demon. Uh, super generic. Super. That's all their fucking matches. Super generic. The intro was lackluster. Uh, I expected a little bit more theatrics. Uh, got him just literally walking out and putting his hands up. That's when I kind of knew what I was in store for, to be honest with you. Mm. Like, I don't know. Was it, did it, did the interest fall flat to you as well? Uh, here's the thing with the demon. I, I've, I've, when they ended the demon the first time around, I felt that was good timing because I was over. You were done, I was you were over. I was, okay, over I, I was over it. I was over it. The beautiful part about, see, if you're a WWE fan and you've never seen Finn Balor as Prince Devitt, then the face paint thing was really cool. And he was kind of starting from scratch with you. What made Prince Devitt so interesting to me, uh, and the face paint is that it was a it was different face paint. He would show up, he'd be the Joker, or he'd be Venom, or he'd be, you know, he came dressed as Bane one time. Like he was very creative in the way that he used it. You know, I remember that he used to literally charge double for paint. You know, he he had a price, and then he had a double price for okay. Well, if you want me to come with the paint on, that's different. We gotta do something. We gotta work that out. He used to do different types of shit all the time. Then he came to the WWE, and they realized we want to use the paint, but for copyright reasons, we can't just go crazy. We gotta <laughs> we gotta come up with our own thing. So they came up with the demon, and the demon was cool for a little while. I actually liked the demon better in NXT because of the way they used it. And then when he came to the main roster, they use it even more sparingly, which was cool. But there's only but so many variations of that character you can do before he goes, okay, I get it. So when he got rid of it, and then he started doing the whole Prince Balor thing in NXT, and he turned heel, and he got rid of it all together, I was for it. I was like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Mm -hmm. So coming back to the main roster, now he's in the ring with Roman, I thought to myself, well, I'm safe from the demon because they're not going to bring the demon out against Roman because the Roman, the demon never loses and Roman's not going to lose anytime soon. So the, I'm safe from that. And then he did it. And I was like, well, here goes the demon's first loss on the main roster. <laughs> as yeah, soon was- as they did it, I was like, oh, well, that's the end of that. And then they just kept pu- pu- uh, pushing it and pushing it. Okay, it's going to happen extreme rules. It's going to happen extreme rules. So now we get to extreme rules. And I'm still saying to myself, there's no fucking way. I mean, Finn Balor is the size of Roman Reigns' leg. I'm like, this is not happening. Uh, and then I, they had announced, I think the week before, that Roman would be competing against Lesnar at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia for the championship. So I was like, they're definitely not dropping the belt then. That's it. First of all, the Demon wasn't beating Roman. But now Roman's got a title match against Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> they're not switching that. So I'm like, all right, so this is a done deal. I'm wasting my time even watching this. But I sat there and I watched it, and the match progresses, and it goes, and it goes, and I'm not going to front. Toward the end, I'm like, they're not going to pull the trigger on this, are they? Because <laughs> they kept giving you the impression that the demon is hanging in there. Right. And they don't do that with a lot of people when Roman faces them. Roman kind of dominates. But you, you got that sense as the match got closer to the end and closer to the end. And then we have everyone down and the lights go off. And they start doing that heartbeat. And he starts convulsing. And I'm like, what? Have they done that before? I don't remember. Never. 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 
Never. And my, my wife, who was on her phone, starts to look up. And she's got that somebody just farted in the room face. And she's like, what the fuck are they doing? I said, I don't know. I don't know. And then he, they do the, oh, and he pops up. And he starts screaming his fucking head off. And he goes full asshole mode on everybody. He's beating the right. shit out of the whole room. And I'm crying laughing because the whole time, old, the whole time he's beating everybody up, the music is playing. Like he won, his theme was yeah, playing. Yeah, that was weird. Did it? And I'm like, what the? Supposed to be like some horror type music? I don't know. All I can think about was when New Jack used to beat the shit out of people to Natural Born Thrillers. When when the music you hear in the background, he's beating the shit out of people with like Nintendo's and shit. I was like, that's what came to mind. So he's beating the shit out of everybody, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no fucking way they're gonna pull the trigger on this. I don't believe it. I don't. Throws him into the ring. Balor goes to the top rope. Q de Gras. This is it. He's going to put him away and then crack Snapple. Snapple. Pop. Top rope falls to the ground. This guy does a fucking top rope knee drop to an empty ring. And the lights come back on like nothing just happened. And Finn's looking around, concerned. He's grabbing his knees. He's in pain. He hobbles to his feet. A spear. One, two, three, it's over. Roman retains, and everyone is just left there, not in awe, not even in shock. <laughs> just pure, outright disappointment and frustration, and hands are in faces, and they're saying to themselves, these fuckers got me again for my money. <laughs> they did it to me again. They got me. And I will be honest with you, the first time he fell, I thought to myself, that's crazy. Why would that happen like that? Well, Finn Balor weighs nothing. He's 180 pounds, maybe. And he's on the top rope all the time, and that thing just broke. because like, that doesn't make any sense. Then they did a replay. They did a they did a two-shot replay. The straight-up shot we got live, where they showed him dropping. And then they did, like, a side shot. And you saw and the whole ring did the same thing? Yes, that's what it was. So when they did the side shot, you could see other turnbuckles also fall. So I was like, and then when they went back to the ring and they did a wide shot, that's when I put it together that all four top rope turnbuckles had fallen. And that's when I realized, oh, no. And I went back and I watched it live again. And I just watched the replay a few times. And there was this trap door effect. Right. Where instead of actually popping and breaking, it just kind of went down. It just dropped. Yeah, it, it just like dropped. Released. Right, it released. And he fell and da 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 And I just went. I can't believe they did this. So I'm confused. Like, Can you explain to me why that happened? Why the top rope dropped? Yes. <laughs> is this some type of gimmick that I don't know? No, this has never happened before. Never. So, I, I leaned over to my wife. I said, I've been watching, I'm 38 years old. I've been watching wrestling for all 38 years. I've never in my life seen all four turnbuckles fall down at the same exact time. So they did all this theatrical heartbeating. Let me let me let me rephrase. Never seen all four turnbuckles intentionally brought down all at the same time. But go ahead. I I'm just so confused. <laughs> like I I just don't understand. Like make this make this make sense. To me. <laughs> I can't make this. I don't. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I was so bothered by. I still haven't seen the SmackDown that followed. 
So I don't know if they went into any more detail. They explained it? Yeah, because all I saw for all I saw from the SmackDown that followed was Lesnar and him kick off the feud for Crown Jewel. So they just I don't know, set it and forget it. They needed an out and they created one. And I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, every time something happens, I try to think through their eyes. And even if it's a dumb reason, I at least say, okay, well, this could be the reason. I, I don't know right. why they did a latch thing. I don't know if they – I don't know what the problem was with him just going for the coup de gras. He's on the top. Roman starts to come up a little bit. And Biller go Biller Baylor goes for the jump and he gets speared in midair. That's a big high spot they could have ended on. Or there's a million ways this could have gone. Trap door. I don't know if that should have been on the table of options. Is what I'm saying here. I don't know if trap door would have been it. Even if they say, well, it was a it, it was a self inflicted injury. That's why he lost. We needed to give him out. We couldn't have him lose and just get beat. Okay, so then have him, I just said, have him jump off or get speared. Or even worse, he, Roman's laying on the ground. The demon's been f- popping around all over the place. Goes to the top rope, Coup de gras. He goes up, and he comes down with the stomp. Rowan moves, and Balor, you know, fucks up his ankle, broken leg or something. Right. Where it's like, oh, you know, he's hurt himself real bad, and then Roman comes in with the pin, beats him, and then now the situation becomes, well, is Balor hurt? You know, he he only really lost that match because something broke, right? It wasn't like he was beat, beat. He still had more, you know, to go, to go more to do. And uh, there's a million ways they could have done this trap door, trap door. And somebody made a good, a good uh, a point. It was an extreme rules match. They had beaten the shit out of each other with just about everything available ringside. And it was right. a trap door where he landed on his knees. That was the finish. Right. And I was like, all right, fine. I got to give Roman Reigns kudos for something else, though. The mask oh. when fighting in the crowd. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh, be safe. <laughs> when I saw that, I go, and that, my friend, and that, my friend, is why he is the leader of this. Yeah, he is the tribal that chief. Looks, that looks egotistical, but in my head, he's like. If I'm going into the crowd, I need a mask so no. that I can't, so I don't get sick. He's a two-time leukemia survivor. He needs Dude. a mask. You're lucky that. he's even doing this spot at all. And they were smart. They got through the crowd, but they did all their spots by the table that was still sealed off. That right. that that pre-show table that they do their stuff on. So it was limited access around people, but it was still enough to give them the sense like, wow, we haven't had this in a while. People in the crowd. Right. He had that mask on, and I'm like, bro, be safe. There you go. See? See what I'm talking about? Be safe. It's not that hard. It took him two seconds. Paul gave him a mask. He wore it. In the situation he needed to, he went over the rail and gave it right back. Right. Don't be dicks. Put your fucking <laughs> mask on. Jesus fucking Christ. Put be be respectful. Not to, not to go on a tangent for that, but I got a f- friend of mine. I literally got into a fucking argument with yesterday about that. About what? Because he's vaccinated. Who is? Uh, the buddy I'm talking about. I don't want to say his name on the show. No, 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 no. That's he, not what I meant. Yeah, I, he, I was just trying to see who you were. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he, he he's vaccinated. But okay. he's on here arguing about the fact that these other motherfuckers shouldn't be. Because, you know, you have to, like, show vaccine. Here in New York, I don't know if it's everywhere, but here in New York, like, to go to restaurants or to the gym or, like, there's, like, certain places now you have to show your vaccination card to get in right. to do these things. Or, or or the job thing. That was a big point, too. 
that certain jobs are requiring the vaccination now. Right. So if you're not vaccinated, you can't come. We spoke a little bit about that last week when I was talking about the U of T thing. Uh, <clears throat> so he's vaccinated, but he's over here arguing for the people who aren't vaccinated. You know, they should be able to do, you know, they should be able to live their lives the way they want to and blah, 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 blah. So you we, I say argument, but it was more of a heated discussion because it, he wasn't understanding what I was trying to say. And what were you trying to say? I was trying to say that everybody has a choice. True. He keeps thinking, what was the exact meme? It was a meme that he shared. Let me, I want to, because I think, I think this is really important. So hold on one second. It's not going to take me too long. I have, believe me, it's right here. Here we go. He shared a meme, which was just basically a tweet from somebody else. I just said, when vaccination, bleh, when vaccination started, the world was told that it would be voluntary. First of all, the world was not told that. They were told that here. I digress. Not mandatory. But now certificates and proof of vaccination are, which he put in craps, required to enter certain places and restaurants and employers threaten to fire employees who refuse vaccination. What happened to voluntary? Right? It is voluntary. Exactly. And it's that's, a choice, though. And that's what literally everyone in the chat box or in the comment section is saying it's 100 percent still a choice there's you can't no, stay here yeah. but you can choose there to is, not there do is it. no gun to your head yeah. there is no threat of imprisonment right. there is no threat of deportation there's mm -hmm. nothing nothing will happen to you if you choose not to be vaccinated, that would be the same person who would look at someone complaining about working in retail and say, well, if you don't like it, get another job. Right. It's so the that's, same theory. That's where we were headed with that, too. That's part of the conversation I'm talking about having, because uh, when I read that to him and I was like, it's it's not indoctrination. You you very much still have the option of not getting vaccinated and you're perfectly fine. 100 percent. And they're like, well, what about the job? What about, what about it? it? Well, they shouldn't be making me. Yes, they can. You have a choice. Yes, they, they can do it. And they have they a choice. Want. You're not the only one on planet Earth with a choice. You have right. a choice, and the people around you have a choice. You chose to not be vaccinated. Fine. No problem with that. Get the fuck away from me. Right. You don't need to be around me if that's yes. going to be your fucking decision. These restaurants, right. these gyms, these clubs, these employers. Have an option, just like you do. You have an option, so do they. Right. This is, my friend was like, "Well, people should be allowed to live their lives freely as they wish." I agree. Right. You do. You do. No one has taken that from you. You have the option of not doing it, so don't do it. Right. But there are consequences for dis for every decision, good or bad. And I think that's where the the conversation. Oh, that's a whole. That's a whole. That's where the. Itself, that's dude. the conversation. That's where the, yeah. That was the conversation. That's when the when the conversation went south because I kept telling him, "You're not describing living your life freely. You're describing doing what you want to do consequence free, and it's not the same fucking thing." That is not the same thing. You I have mean, a, that yeah. is the way people think. Yeah, I should be able to do whatever <laughs> I want whenever I want to do it, and you should, should deal a, with it, and I should just deal with it, which is no, bullshit. No, no, exactly, and that, and that's, and that right there is the main thing, right? I yeah. should be able to do whatever I want, regardless of my decision, and you, as in every other person in the world besides me, uh -huh. just has to deal with my decision. Yeah. And fuck you, because that's not how exactly. that's going to oh, work. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, the fuck you was implied. Yeah. That's not how any of this works. Mm -hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, 
they, because this there was a killer, a killer line that fucking I'm sorry set me off. But it was hung on because now I'm just gonna go into the comments where he really quickly. And again, I'm not saying his name because I'm not trying to do this all. No, 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 no. He responded with, "They want to be left to live their lives freely as they should. They are not a danger to vaccinated people. Vaccinated people can contract it anywhere and pass it on to anyone." And it does not make it any less likely to contract it. And that was the one that set me off because your That's argument. not true. Your, first of all, it's not true. Second of all, even if it was, it's irrelevant because there's no cure. The vaccination is not a cure. I've said this on the show a thousand times. It's not, but people not think cures. it is. I don't know why. I know. But I know. Well, because they watch too much television. It's not a fucking cure. The biggest argument that drives me absolutely fucking insane that I'll never understand in my entire life is that the first thing when someone, when you're talking about vaccine and someone goes, well, it doesn't prevent you from getting the virus. I'm done having a conversation. Yeah. Because if you can't wrap your head around the fact that a vaccination doesn't mean you're immune to anything, you have vaccinations in your body right now and you can catch any one of those things. It just he it just helps you either not get it because your body will okay, I don't know if people understand how this works. You can get sick, but your body could fight it and you could never feel the sickness. You never felt like a loss of energy. Yeah, or as- asymptomatic. Never, you don't have any real never, You never heard someone go, oh, it feels like my body's fighting something. Mm-hmm. Like you're sick. You're just not sick to the point where you're crippled or you need to go lie down or take medicine. You could have it, but your body will fight it. This is what this is supposed to do. So, yes, you're, you could very well still catch it. And you could very well give it to someone else. However, the likeliness of catching it or spreading it is lower because you have it. And people cannot wrap their fucking head around that. No, no. they. It's, I've, and again, I'm sounding repetitive, but people just don't want to be told what to do. Yes, that's their fact. arguments I mean, that's... don't make any fucking sense at all. I mean, even but they're in, not in, trying in... to out argue you. They're just in a very nice way, giving you a, a bullshit reason to just say to you, I don't want to be told what to do. Exactly. That's it. That's no, all I mean... it really comes down to, because it doesn't make sense. We will never be in a world where we will be able to eliminate vehicular accidents or deaths or injuries. We'll never be able to do that. There's too many cars. There's too many people. We will never live in a world where every person on every on, on Earth will be able to say zero accidents, zero incidences for years. However, just for safety reasons, I think I will I'll wear, wear my seatbelt and, and, and try. Right. There's no sense in not wanting to try. And that's the point. But you know, the it's not going to stop you from getting the disease. The- okay, so then just do nothing. But that's the that's a good analogy though, right? Because what you just said is true. You can never not ever have no accidents ever, yeah. right? However, in your perspective, you've never had an accident. It's the same theory behind flying planes, right? Or being on a plane. I don't like being on planes. And people go, Well, you're more likely to die in a car than an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, idiot, statistically, there are significantly more cars on the road than there are planes in the sky. That alone will give you a higher percentage. And second of all, it only needs to happen once for me to die. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't understand why people don't fucking get that. 
it drives me crazy. So to your point, yeah, you're right. But in their perspective, right, it's the same thing with the with the virus. Oh, people aren't really out here getting sick. But yeah. anyone who says that obviously is just looking through their own perspective and just because they're not sick or people they know aren't sick, this is all just a point. Yeah, that's the only that's the only way that they can look at things is through their own lens. When this whole thing started and it was the mass mandate, well, I'm not the one getting sick. Okay. Millions of others are. Right. Okay, you didn't get sick. Cool. Awesome for you. Congratulations. What about the rest of us? And that's where we lose people. What about the rest of you? Okay. So then just fuck us. Conversation over at that point. Yeah, it's just okay. And that's why, like, when I've already already seen it uh, on our end here in New York. When we took, um, man, where were we just a second ago? Oh, the Intrepid. Right, so here in New York, obviously, we got the Intrepid Museum, the big naval ship that's docked over here. It's a museum. You can walk around and do a bunch of shit. And my wife, my son, and I, we already had our tickets or whatever, and we we go right in. We didn't even we the getting in was easy, but as we're going in, the only hard part is, is that we have to bob and weave through people mm-hmm. because they're trying to plead their case concerning the vaccination card and the masks. Right. Well, do I have to wear my mask the whole time I'm inside? And do I have to do this? And really, uh, you have to. Well, there was a lady online who was waiting for her doctor to email her the vaccination card because she didn't know where it was. I am vaccinated. Was, okay, where is it? We're all given cards. Where are you? Where's your card? Oh, I don't, you know, misplaced or whatever the fuck. All right, well, you're not coming in. <laughs> you're not coming in. She actually called her doctor. And they're like, yeah, we're going to email you a PDF. I'm like, yo, they full of shit because my card, I don't know if this is the same for everybody else. My card was never uh, scanned or anything for electronic so- uh, no, copying. they hand wrote it. Yeah, they, they hand wrote it and they signed that, it. You're beat. Yeah. So don't I don't know what the hell that. they are, quote unquote, emailing to her. I'm like, yo, she's full of shit. But I didn't want to, you know, I'm not trying to be a hater. So I'm, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to hate on yeah, you. Yeah, I know you're not getting, I, I just told Steph, I was like, well, I, we won't be seeing her inside. That's for sure. Nope. That's for sure. Everybody Thank else. God, unvaccinated heathen. <laughs> the I don't want to share the same space with the unwashed. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know my life. I, you know I've been vaccinated since June. My life has been inconvenienced none by any of this. No, nope. my life has been a hundred percent normal this entire time. I haven't fought anything at all. I just did it, and that was it. And I I never got sick. And. I can go to any restaurant and gym that I want. It's a beautiful life I'm living right now. Not every, not everybody can say they didn't get sick from the vaccination. It happens. Your bodies are all different. Just like it works in your brain when you say, well, I'm not the one who's sick. Right? I did the same thing. I got vaccinated and said, well, I'm not the one who's sick. I'm doing it for other people. Right? And that's right. it. And I moved on. And now I have the key. To, they call it the key to the city here. The vaccination card. You, I have the key to the city. I can go wherever I want. That's it, man. And it was easy peasy, just like that. And well, uh, yeah. speaking of uh, easy peasy, I need, not want, I need to get your thoughts on literally anything that you've seen from NXT 2.0. Anything. Okay, so here's the thing about NXT, right? <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I just look, look. I just want to start off by saying I like this. Okay. It doesn't right. mean I'm going to watch it. Fair enough. But I like this. Okay. This is good. This is different. It's colorful. It it feels like a stage where you're going to learn what you're doing. I don't like the fact that the old NXT, I think, now it kind of stands out to me a little bit more now because of the new NXT, is that you had people who were well-seasoned, right? Mm -hmm. Who've traveled, who've done a lot of wrestling, who's developmental NXT, whatever. But they're, they're doing programs like... They're trying to do programs just like the WWE. Like, they're well-seasoned. They're just in the wrong space for whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it feels like everything I look like is just so wet behind the ears, it's cringy. But that's okay because everyone is. And I haven't really seen anybody so far uh, that really stood out to me as that I've seen. I didn't – I don't – I think I had, like, two more matches on it that I didn't get to finish, but I wanted to hop on the other stuff. But, um, yeah, like, it just all looked like people were new. They were practicing. They were trying to develop their character. They're trying to find their niche. You got groups coming out. Like, everything is super cringy, but it fits because everyone. It felt like that way for everyone. It just, it just felt very new, very developmental, very beginner-ish. They didn't try to fool you with any kind of crazy theatrics. You got <laughs> people training their, you know, practicing their intros. You got the intro music. You got people going in the ring trying to trying to talk, and it's all terrible. But it's all good at the same time. Like this is what it should. It's be. all so terrible, but yeah, it's, it's terrible. The the gimmicks are bad. The talking is so uncomfortable. But some of the matches were pretty good. Oh, that's a lie. <clears throat> I forget the guy's name. Who's the the guy that looks like a, a Steiner in the beginning? That is a Steiner. Braun, oh, okay. Braun, Braun Breaker, yeah. Breaker, yeah, that dude was great. Yeah, that dude was awesome. That dude was great, man. He had he moved well. He he was a big body. He's athletic. He he kind of I thought that was a little weird where the guy was talking I don't know who the first guy was. He was talking this promo and it looked that looked good too. Then he went in the ring and got washed, which was a little weird. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I thought it was good. I, I liked it. I don't know if I see myself watching it. But if someone goes, hey, check this. And I think that's where it comes down to, right? If someone does love it and they're like, yo, you guys got to check this dude's matches, right? It's a place to be able to go watch their matches. And like, oh, okay, this guy is really good. I, I might watch for this guy. So that's that's what I think about it. What did what did you when, take from when it? I watch this show? I feel an overwhelming sense of vindication. Ooh, I, f- okay. I feel an overwhelming sense of, of pride. Oh, in my okay. in my knowledge. Okay, and I find myself with a sense of happiness that I stuck with my guns because I have been telling you motherfuckers for years. This is what it was supposed to be all along. Triple H didn't. It got out of hand. Triple H didn't run it that way. Well, got, like I you think said, he intended got, to. He intended. It's, it's how but it started. It blew the fuck up. Yeah, it's, so how, quick. it's how it started. It mm-hmm. is how it started. Because remember, the first class that came in, the Cesaros, the Sami Zayn's, the Chris Heroes, 
they were all put through that rookie shit when they got in. And he was convinced by some of these people that that was a bad idea because what rookie shit? I've been doing this for 20 years. Right. There's no need for it. There's a reason why I'm in NXT right Yeah, and little by little, they chipped away at him to the point where it kind of stopped being this way. And like I said, when the the parents are not home and the teenagers are left to do whatever they want, their own devices, shit can get crazy. And shit can get out of hand. Mm-hmm. So when Vince, Stephanie, and Bruce and Johnny hopped on a plane and went to Florida, and Daddy and Mommy came home, all this shit—it it must have been like a real movie. When they walked them to Full Sail and saw all the talent there, like when the parents come home at the movie and they're like, the, "There's beer cans everywhere," and the kids are like, "Oh, Mom, Dad, you're home," and it was like all the kids are like. Wearing the parents' clothes, and there's a couple fucking in the bedroom or something like that. They just caught caught with their pants down. All this goofy shit going on. And all of a sudden, Daddy's looking around going, what the fuck is all of this? Right. And they looked at Leon Ruff at 150 pounds and five foot nine, And they're like, what the fuck is happening down here? <laughs> and Triple H is like all these other people on the internet. Well, you know, we're... We're trying to get a brand started down here. And he's like, no, that is no. not what. No, that's not what I gave you money for. Right. That's not what I have been funding this whole time. I need you to get talent ready for me. Not you to have talent. Triple H, I've said it before, ran NXT like a very well-funded independent promotion. That's why all of these indie guys got over so well. Right. The audience transferred over. This was the WWE, NXT was the WWE for hardcore internet wrestling fans. That's what it was. Not what it was supposed to be. And that's why when I used to argue with people, they used to throw all these numbers and facts at me and all this bullshit. Because they believed that Triple H was doing what he was supposed to do and that's making a brand for them. And that was never the plan. Now when you see NXT 2.0, now you see the plan. This is what it was supposed to be. That's why when it first happened, I was like, I like this. Because I like the fact that we can now give a solid platform for some of these guys to learn on varying levels. On that first episode, we had job, we had unknown talent in the first segment, unknown talent in the second. We had unknown talent in the main event competing for the NXT title in Von Wagner. Right. There was a lot of new names, a lot of new faces. Some of them were indie talent but lesser-known indie talent. Right. There's no Kevin Owens. There's no Generico in the system. They ran out of those. That was why I kept telling people that the change was so fantastic because they had they had run themselves into a situation. They were getting so many of the Samoa Joes and the Chris Heroes. It seemed for a while like there was this unearthed and untapped source of just already well-to-made talent that they could just plug in and be good. And then they started running into lesser known names and lesser known names. All of the big quote unquote stars that the independent wrestling scene had have all been signed. They're all gone. The barrel is very, very thin right now. And this is coming from someone who's in independent wrestling right now. There aren't too many guys in indie wrestling that can do it on the level of the guys. Um, guys who aren't ready for that level. Yeah. That, that's, that that's level. What do you mean? Like, yeah. 
<clears throat> don't want that great, to go. Yeah, great talents for sure, but they're not <clears throat> ready talent. For that level. So right. the only other direction they could go is blowing this whole thing up, and that's what they did. They've kept some guys, the Chompas, the Pete, the Pete Dunns, the Kyle O'Reilly's. They've, they've kept a few, Roderick Strong. But a right. lot of these guys are going to be working programs now with younger talent. You know, Pete Pete Dunn is work. Well, excuse me, uh, Champa is working with Braun Breaker moving forward, right? Pete Dunn and Rich Holland are going to be wrestling younger talent. Kyle O'Reilly's doing something right now with younger talent. There's 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 going to be a change here, and the veterans that are there are going to be coaches at this point. A lot of right. the older talent, get ready, folks, for the ones they did keep. They're about to get their asses beat a lot. Because the whole idea is they're going to be by the right people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're going to be used to get over the other guys. That's what this is going to be. For all of you veteran talent that sat there and told Vince McMahon and told Triple H, I'm not getting called up. I'm not going to the main roster. I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Okay. And they they let you rock for mad years. Well, as 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 uh, 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 you know, as they always say, the rent the rent has come due. It's mm-hmm. time to pay, and your 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 payment will be jobs to these younger talents that they want to get over. Right, and that's how that's going to work now. Braun Breaker is the standout so far for me. He is so goddamn gifted <laughs> physically. This dude is yeah. a hoss. He yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. so fucking strong, I and mean, he can move. He still gets lost in the rings, but he's a he's a hundred percent rookie. He hasn't wrestled anywhere else, but at the same he has time, potential for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, <clears throat> I mean, look at the learning tree he's been under. If there's a set of power guys that you'd want to learn from with his skill set, it would be the fucking Steiners, and he's right. been growing up with Rick and Scott his whole life. <clears throat> that's his daddy, and that's his uncle. So you want to talk about someone who was born into badassery. Right. Born to be a badass. It's Braun Breaker. And can we give all of the flack to the name Arrest, please? Yes, he is a Steiner. Yes, it would have actually made more sense to just name him Steiner. But A, we don't know because the name is owned by... I feel like somebody said that on the announce team during the match. No, they, what they said was is that he had a very... Dog face, dog, listen, dog face gremlin like mentality, which was his father's nickname back in the day, the dog face gremlin. Right. And so they've made little teases to it, but from what I understand, they're being told specifically not to say that right. he's a Steiner because of two reasons. A, Scott Steiner, who is the owner of the property, the intellectual property, and not entirely sure he's good with the WWE putting their hands on it, and or B, and this is the one that no one's talking about. Maybe he just doesn't want to use the fucking name Steiner. Right. That's happened a few times where second generation or third generation stars just kind of want to do their own fucking thing. Not everybody's like Cody Rhodes. Yeah. 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 That's the extreme in the other fucking direction. Right. Where they don't only want their dad's name. They want to be their dad so fucking bad it hurts. I this want is to not... be inside my dad. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I want to go back to where I was, back into his bag again. That's 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 uh, that could be. I'm not saying that it is. I don't know the guy personally, but I'm just saying it's an option on the table that right. maybe just maybe he doesn't want to be a fucking Steiner. 
Maybe. Now, now I know people are going to well, tell you what he fucking looks like. One. Yeah, Russell's like one, too. <laughs> Russell's like one, too. This Ooh, dude, I saw good, this dude. Man. Yeah, he is fucking fantastic. And he's going to get even better. Because he's not perfect. He's got a lot he needs to work on. But he's, he's, he's fucking got it. Dare and I if, say he's going to develop in NXT. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dare I say. No, but yeah, he, the, the, I love the way this is looked. I have one criticism of the whole thing. Take it off the USA Network. It's not going to work there. It's not going to work. Why there. specifically the you? Do you mean just that specific? Network? I like the I, I like no 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 the, the TV, t- TV in, general. in general. Put it back. Okay, okay. Put put it back on the internet. They don't have access to the network anymore. They're on Peacock. Give it. You can sell it to Peacock as a Peacock original. Yeah, they, they would, I would be, be okay with that. They would be into that because they don't have any original programming for the WWE at the moment. Everything that's on Peacock right now airs on television before it gets to Peacock. This is something that you can sell to Peacock as this would be your property. This is you. This is a Peacock original. Uh, we'll see. Then that's where you lose me. Why is that? Because they ain't going to fucking do that. No, they're not going to. But I'm just saying they should because if this being a developmental system works very, very well for them, this looks good. This feels good. The product is a little less than because everyone's so used to seeing such high-level talent on this show. But this you're going to get high-level talent on this show about a year or two from now. It's not going to be good for a while. Your viewership will decline. It's already taken a hit just out of rebellion. People so, yeah, that was my next question. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the hubbub on the Internet about this? Oh, the, the, it's universally hated. Really? They, yeah. Do they feel like they killed what they, they had? They feel like Vince took NXT behind the woodshed and put two in the back of its head. Mm. That's that's as well, a shorter version of it as I possibly can. Because remember, they all feel like Vince took away their blankie. This was their this was their binky. Mm. Of all of the wrestling in the world, whenever people talk about the WWE, it's always a mixed reaction, a mixed bag. But the one thing fans always agreed upon was, well, at least WWE has NXT. And now that's gone. Or at least the version of it that they're used to seeing is is gone. Now they have people in NXT who they don't know because they didn't go to the indies and they didn't take the ride with them or anything like that. And most of them are still figuring out what wrestling holds even look like. I'm looking at you, Trick Williams. And so people are this is they're thumbing they're 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 thumbing down they're unsubscribing they're unringing that bell on YouTube they're doing all the all the this is the equivalent you're losing you're losing an entire audience essentially with this product Champa Dunn O'Reilly a few of the ones they've kept Grimes L.A. Knight of the ones that they have kept to be honest with you it's not enough to keep the viewers they had they love them and they'll follow them but th- there's they're not really working with anyone like before when they used to have all these crazy matchups these dream matchups of all these talents that from all over the world you wouldn't normally see but here they are in NXT that's gone right it's person you like versus mysterious wrestler a right and jobbers it, the yeah, jobbers are yeah. back that was the thing that i liked they, they were but like, some of the jobbers are being pushed. Work. Like that's that's what the programming is not computing with hardcore fans because hardcore fans remember the jobber age. 
They understand how the jobber thing is supposed to work, but the jobber thing is supposed to get over talent that's already kind of established but needs to go to the next level. You feed those gimmicks so that they get stronger and more wins, and then you prep them for a big pay-per-view bout. That's actually not happening here. A lot of the talent you're seeing, yes, there are some enhancement talent on the show, but the guys who are getting the limelight, who are getting that push, look like enhancement talent. It's very confusing. Some of the, well, I forgot the dude's name, the dude from Singapore, the Chinese dude. There was a dude who came out. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. a single person who knew who he was. But he came out, he had the ninja gear or whatever the fuck he was wearing on his face, and he came out and had like a 10 or 15 minute match with some dude, and he just beat him, and, and they pushed him, they, they gave him a, a, a hell of a, an opportunity to showcase himself, and that that audience was just like, who the fuck am I looking at? Who is this? I don't know, why. This him. is a program, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that too. You're, you're watching these guys for the first time now. Watch them. Watch right, them. Like- that's why they're here. That's, yes, they're here you, to give you some. And new. you know what? I think you fucking nailed it, man. Everybody just wants their favorite star to be on some type of pseudo stage. Yeah. Who is this guy? Exactly. Fucking watch him. They, they like independent wrestling fans and people on the internet. They love being the one who's in the know. They love being on the inside. When an indie guy or a lesser-known talent to the audience of WWE <clears throat> comes to WWE, they love to be the guy who goes to the WWE events and they're standing online for food or merch and they lean over to WWE fans. Well, I used to be a fan of his when he was in Ring of Honor. Or I used to be a fan of his when he was with Impact. Or you should have seen his stuff over at New Japan. They love being that guy. And the WWE <clears throat> has taken that away from them. Because they're learning about this talent the same time the regular audience is, and it pisses them off. Right. Because they want to be smart. They want to be in the know. I want to know what's going on. Vince needs to CC me on some of these emails so I know what's going on, and I can talk the appropriate amount of shit about it on the internet. But since they don't anymore, and they're not cluing me in, and they're not tipping me off, and they're not giving me vignettes or programs, and they're not bringing in people from my favorite, you know, side promotions I'm in the I'm lost and I don't know what's happening I'm confused and you know how people are when they're lost and confused it turns into hate I don't like this because I don't understand it and I don't know what it is and I'm not familiar with it and no I'm not going to give it a chance because this is not what I want me 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 right that's why I said take it off TV because if you take it off TV and you make it hard for people to find this that's when you'll get them back because then they'll feel like then they're in the know. Because the regular wrestling fan won't see them until they debut on the main roster. And that gives these fans the feeling that they want back. It's not that they don't know them. Because when they first met Kevin Steen, they didn't know who the fuck that was. They didn't know who Chris Hero was in 2001. They didn't know who CM Punk was in 2002. They didn't know any of these people. They had to take the ride. And you took right. the ride from them. That's the only part they're really bitching about. Take it off TV. Put it back on the internet where they're, where it's safe for them. If it's on the internet, it's real. Put it back on the internet where I feel comfortable. And then when you debut them on Raw and SmackDown, then I'll be able to go back to the building and talk my shit. I like it. And I'll feel better. That's why I said take it off TV. This will work. It's already working in a sense. Because Braun Breaker is an example of how good it can be. Right. It's already working. Just take it off TV. Make the... Make the WWE fan who only watches WWE, make them wait for it. 
And for the hardcore fan who doesn't have anything else to do with their fucking life, make them earn it, and then you'll win them back. Right. And then that's it. Problem solved. It's all that easy, boys. Problem solved. That's it. <laughs> I hate to be doing this for them free of charge. I can be a consultant, guys. Hey, look. Just let listen, me know. at the end of the day, I like it. No, no, no. I love this. I love it. <laughs> no, I really do. I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, I'm like, this is terrible. But I love it. Because that's what it's supposed it's to supposed be. It's supposed to be. Thank it's you. supposed to be this way. Give these I people fuck a with chance. it. And from now on, if they keep this up, when you now when you say, "Hey, you should watch this match in NXT," I'm not going to be reluctant to watch it. I'm like, yeah. "Okay, I know what I'm walking into." Yes, right? you're not telling me. You're not stamping the WWE label on it. And when I go there, I'm like, "Wait, what the fuck am I looking at? Like, no. what is this? This is not what is you this? said. This was." Well, it's WWE, right? Like, is this some kind of indie? Like, what the fuck is this? Wait. Now it's, hey, man, these guys are new. They're they know trying. this. They're trying some shit out. There They're trying something. They're trying to find their gimmick. You know, this guy's doing that, a job. But, hey, listen, I know that. I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to dissect it the way that I, I do, knowing these are new people trying to find their way. That's mm. all. And I like it. Mm. Fucking like it. So we're going to. Start going in the finish here and talk about something that is, believe it or not, folks, positive. Oh, we're gonna wow. end. Uh, we're gonna end in what I think will be a positive conversation. Oh, okay. Because for once, we're gonna talk about some AEW stuff. And by golly gee, for once, I'm happy. I'm okay. a ha- I'm a happy camper. Elaborate. I I liked. A lot of this. Now, we waited for a week. You know, everyone likes to bust their nut nice and early when it comes to podcast wrestling. Everybody likes to bust their nut. Everybody trying to be first. Not you got to get the content out. Not fast. Exactly. Yeah, they're always trying to be first and outlandish. And they want to go out there and give the world their take before anybody else does. Not hear it or see these uncensored mind. No, we like, we like to wind and dine you. All right, mm-hmm. we we like a little foreplay before our penetration. Okay, we like to go in and have ourselves a good time. We got the good music on, candles are lit. I want to make sure I saw everything before I commented on everything, okay. and that's why we waited because I needed to see Rampage because Rampage was going to be the second half of all this, and I needed to put the whole package together before I said anything. So that's I will. Fair. So I will say this: I enjoyed a large portion of both shows. But I'm going to be playing the role of nitpicker <laughs> because there's always, there's always, this is wrestling. There's always something you can fix. Right. No show is perfect ever. And I promise you the people that were on this show will tell you no show is perfect. You always got to, there's always a different way you could have done something. I'm not saying anything that was here was bad. I loved a lot of this show. How about you? What, what were your thoughts overall on these two shows? Uh, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, the problem is I think what I've been talking about for a while is slowly starting to rear its ugly head Uh and that's what I took away from it. Okay. All right. So, so let's start at the top here because I've got, I've, I, I, we have to go through this real quick because I want, I, a lot of this, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited to hear what you have to say okay. <laughs> uh, because I know some of this you're going to kill and some of it you're not. So I, I, I'm just – I'm sitting on pins and needles right now. I want to know. So, of course, we open up Grand Slam. The 
best way they probably could have with Daniel Bryan in the ring. Excuse me, Bryan Danielson in the ring competing against Kenny Omega, non-title matchup, Mm one-on-one. And I, and again, I'm going to play nitpicker here because I experienced this when I went to GSW on that double show, the global festival show that I did. I experienced it there. So I'm going to be consistent here. Right. I'm saying this out loud so people will hear the consistency in my voice. If you're going to do time limit draws, you need to plan ahead for them. You can't run your whole show and never, ever, ever mention time limits ever. And then out of the blue, this matchup has a 30-minute time limit. Because now you're basically just waving a giant flag in people's faces and going, hey, guys, they're going to the time limit. (laughs) If you never mention time limits ever. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, now that you say that, I realize that I I remember just in the past hearing when they start the match saying that it has a time limit. Mm -hmm. And they don't, they don't, I don't think anybody does that. No one does it anymore. And it's part of the problem. You just shattered glass for me there because I didn't even realize that. They don't. And it pisses me off because this is why you do that. Right. And the the laziness of it is what gets me. I'm a former ring announcer. So I understand the perils of trying to make pitches to promoters for things when they're busy and they're running around doing stuff. You know, when you're a promoter or a booker and you're, it's moments before a show and you've got a lot of things going on in your plate, last thing you want to hear from is your ring announcer going, ah, should I do time limits on these? You don't, you, a lot of promoters just skim right by it. Right. But it's important because if you never fucking do time limits and then all of a sudden you have to do time limits out of the blue, it gives it away. And I, I'm saying this because I feel for Jim because Jim Ross... Justin Roberts did not mention anything about a 30-minute time limit. Jim said it on commentary. Jim stated randomly, so you could tell it was fed to him, mm-hmm. that, you know, I think it was during Kenny's entrance, he mentioned that this matchup is a non-title matchup and has a 30-minute time limit. And that's when I heard that, and I went, oh, well, time limit draw then. <clears throat> it stuck and, out to you and, right away. Yeah, Because I me. didn't notice it. It stuck out to me right away because I've been in that seat. Because right. it was the same thing that happened to me at that event in Jersey for GSW. They were planning for a time limit draw. Right. And I, I'm like, okay, well, is the ring announcer going to say anything about this, 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 this? And they're like, yeah. So the match <clears throat> that was supposed to be a time limit draw was somewhere in the middle. So for the first, this is the first show ever in GSW history where right. they started mentioning time limits. Now, here's the thing. I. I told the ring announcer, and I don't know if, you know, he went to the promoter or whatever and got a a green light or not, but I suggested to him, I said, listen, if you're going to do a ring, if you're going to introduce that matchup for time limits, then you need to start doing time limits right now. Don't wait till that match to say this is going 20 minutes or 30 minutes. You you have to do it for every match leading up to it. Right. And... That way, it's either going to be a dead giveaway, yeah, exactly. or it's going to be completely fucking confusing. A complete, really confusing, and you're going to lose them, right? right? You have to give them the incentive that it that it can end. Right. So my suggestion was is I think the match that was supposed to be a time limit draw was like fourth on the card. 
So I said, okay, so what you should do, my suggestion, do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Because on commentary, I'm going to fix it, regardless. I'm the ring announcer's backup. And that's what Jim Ross did. Right, but I'm trying, and that's what Jim Ross did, but I'm trying to get him into the idea of what he should be doing. So I said, you should do the uh, announcements before each match and include a time limit. And then that's when we called the booker over. And I told him that pitch, and then I said, the match before the one that ties needs to go long. That way, what I'm saying is is that the third match needs to get awfully close to that time limit, and then you end it. Because at this point, now you're conditioning your audience to go long. Right, 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 right. They're under the impression now that it takes a minute to get to that time limit. That way, on the next match... When you start going long, they're not paying attention to the length because they just did it a second ago. No one's going to do it twice. Right. Right. They felt cool the first time they did it. They're not going to do it again. It becomes redundant. So you'll, I, I want to just the state the importance real quick, what you're saying, because for a casual like myself, I just I don't know. I guess I just maybe understand what you're saying. But what that mean what that means is too when you say that they'll understand, it's more like you said before, you said it a second ago, conditioning, right? Yeah. They're not sitting there going, oh, this went 15 minutes. You tell me the limit's 30. Like, yeah. this, no, they're not sitting there and dissecting it like that verbally. They're no. feeling it. Yeah, they're and making they're like, a mental There's note. something, I don't like this match. So they don't, they don't know why. They yeah. don't realize why. It's conditioning. So when you're saying that, I'm like, dude, that's, who's thinking of that? Like, you, you gotta be really aware and have forethought to mm-hmm. understand like yeah. these are the emotions that you're drawing is, from them. Right. You're training them how to think. Essentially. Right. If yes. you have a lot if you and I'll give people an example they can identify with. If you have a whole show with no time limits, no time limits. You don't mention it, you don't talk about it, you don't do nothing. If match two was a crazy match, but it was like ten or twelve minutes, right? But just jam packed action. Right, And then match three only went three minutes longer. We'll say 15 minutes. That match three is going to feel like it took forever to get there. Right. Because the other one was slightly shorter, but had a lot more moving parts. So it felt short. So your match can go on after, and it can be almost the same amount of time, maybe a minute or two longer, and it will feel like 30 minutes to them. Because they're not keeping track of the action. They're only keeping, excuse me, they're not keeping track of the time. They're only keeping track of the action. They're judging the speed and the time variation of your match based on what their eyeballs are telling them is the speed. So if you're being a technical wrestler and you're grappling for 10 minutes, it's going to seem slower than a Young Buck match that takes place in 10 minutes. That's why the importance of the time limit is important. Because if you start the match off and you tell individuals, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. It has a 20-minute time limit, and it is for the GSW, blah, 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 blah. In their minds, they're now invested for 20 minutes. They, they this know is them. not going to go any longer than 20 minutes. So let me take from right. this what I can. They're more open and susceptible now to whatever you're going to do. Right. Now we get to the main event where it says, ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. And a 60-minute time limit is for the GSW World Heavyweight Championship. Now they go, oh, this could go all night. Right. They're 
They're trained for it. They're ready for it. And it worked in our favor because they took my advice. They let the third match go a little longer. We got close, and we had the ring announcer do five minutes have elapsed in the match, 10 minutes, you know, and it's like 15, whatever the fuck, right? And it's just keeping the audience into it so that when that third match went long and then we, we ended it just before, they're trained now. So when the fourth match happened and it's supposed to go to the limit, and they're going move for move, hold for hold. And you hear the announcer, five minutes elapsed in the match. And now the wrestlers hear it. So now the wrestlers are getting, their energy jumps up because they know they have like five minutes left. So now, okay, now it's time to pick the energy up. And they pull the audience in. And we've got a sharpshooter and he's down. And now we've got an arm bar. And you hear the bell, ding, 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 ding. And the audience goes, boo. Ladies and gentlemen, the time limit has expired. The referee has made the decision. This match is a time limit draw. Boo! But now they're booing because of the decision. If it was true heat, they would just throw their hands up. They would still boo, but they'd be fucking mad. What happens to them is now because of the training, they're invested in the match. So the first thing that happened is the match was over, but they weren't mad at the time limit. They were mad that the finish didn't happen before the time limit. So now the audience starts chanting, five more minutes, five more minutes. You didn't lose them. They want more. They were just sucked into the idea that the time limit draw did that. So when the match was over and the two wrestlers spoke on the microphone and said, hey, we didn't finish this. This isn't over. Fuck that. The crowd's into it. Yeah, fuck that. They're speaking their language. Right. And then they go, you know what? This isn't over. I still want a piece of you. The, 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 the wrestlers, it was Josh Alexander from Impact Wrestling and Davey Richards. And Josh on the microphone going, Davey, I've looked up to you my whole life. I've always wanted to compete against you. Here we are. And 20 minutes wasn't enough. And everyone going crazy. Yeah. So I think the next time GSW's in the house, it's me. It's Davey Richards. And he looked at the audience and went, no fucking time limit. And everyone went, Yeah. And that's it. And that's how you sell a fucking angle. And they'll probably wrestle the same length. <laughs> and they're gonna, they'll probably wrestle a shorter amount of time. Right, right. Because right. they went 25 minutes. Right. So now we have them biting and we can give them 15 minutes and these motherfuckers would jizz all over it. And that's the point. Right, right. You have to condition your audience to what you want to do. Nobody does that anymore because they don't want to condition anybody. They just want to be liked. Right. Just like my product. Buy my shirt. Buy my... Buy my shit on the internet, watch my matches, that's it. They don't want to condition their audience to do anything. The ones who figure that formula out are the successful ones. Game Changer Wrestling, who I used to work for uh, years before they became what they are now. You know, they, they do that to, they do that perfectly. They know exactly what their audience likes. They know exactly what their audience wants. And they don't just cater to it. They break their backs in order to make sure they get it every time. And that's right. why they are successful, and they have shows all around the country, not just in New Jersey and PA. They travel all around the country now because they know how to market themselves. A lot of wrestling companies have great talent, but they don't make it because they know how to. They don't know how to market themselves and get people into the building. Right. It's tough in this day and age to get people to leave their house to come watch wrestling. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the whole deal but aew to get back onto this topic here on aew they opened up with a 30 minute time limit draw here with danielson and omega and i just felt like to kind of give that part away but like you said the casual fan uh which aew doesn't have a whole lot of casual fans but they also don't have a whole lot of fans that are as smart as they think they are so they don't they didn't catch that 
because they bought into it regardless, which is a good thing. It, it didn't right. burn the audience out. They still right. they still bought into Omega and they bought into Danielson and they were into the match. This was Kenny Omega's best match on American soil. And one of the first things that I wanted to ask you is because I've always you've been unimpressed with Kenny since you've seen him. And I mm. and I'm one of the few people who I mean, we've been telling you, hey, in Japan, he was dope. You know, in Japan, it was this in Japan. It was that this is close to Japan to Japan Kenny as I've seen in a long time. What were your thoughts on Kenny in this matchup? His performance. Well, well it's ironic that you said that because as I was watching this match, I kind of paused it because I was well, I always watched wrestling with my buddy. I'm like, I paused it. I'm like, you know what I like about Kenny Omega? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, what? I go, this guy can do anything. Let me explain. I'm uh-huh. like, and we start going off about his matches. Like, this match, this match, this match. This. He just kind of listed them off a little since he's been in, in AEW and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah. you don't know what type of fucking match you're getting with this guy. No. You're going to get a striking match. You're going to get a wrestling match. You're going to get a hardcore match. You're going to get a gimmicky match. You're going to get a slow match. And at the end of the day, two of his best moves, which is the V-Trigger and the One-Winged Angel. I mean, they're both amazing. You want to see them. And he literally just... He warps around who's across the ring from him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really good with putting him in the ring with all these high-profile people that you want to see, right? You see a Danielson, you want to see a Danielson match. This dude dude is amazing in the match. He commands a presence. Uh, Christian, uh, like all the people that he's been wrestling with different styles. And if you go back and watch those matches, he's not wrestling. It's not them that's changing. It's him. Mm-hmm. He adapts to their match and he has their match well. Yep. And and that's what that's what I was just I don't know. I was watching this one. I'm like, dude, I'm watching another different Kenny Omega. This isn't the Kenny Omega that I saw last week. Nope. This dude really is probably one of the best, if not the best, one of the most uh he has the most range that I've seen any wrestler have to wrestle those styles of matches at the level that he's doing it. And I was like, okay, now I'm a Kenny Omega fan. But that, that to me, and I'm going to probably get myself in more trouble here, validates what I've always said about Kenny. He can't carry. He can't carry it. Because whenever he's in the ring with somebody, like you said, lesser than, and he doesn't have someone to chameleon and to copy, not copy, that's a bad word. He's really good at making sure the other guy looks as good as humanly possible. And when he's in the ring with someone like a Danielson, like a Christian Cage, who knows what that looks like, the matches are phenomenal. That's why I said this is a close... high level. Yeah, this is why I said this is as close to Japan Kenny as we've seen, because when Kenny was in New Japan, and he was staring across from Okada, Tanahashi, Nakamura, Styles, when he was looking across the ring from high-level talent every week... He, he was looking great every week. In AEW, when Kenny Omega has the Joey Janela matches or the Ray Phoenix matches or stuff like this, those are not matches where he's across the ring from somebody that is that established and is that in that kind of control of their matches. So it leaves Kenny to kind of be the orchestrator of that match, and that's not what he does. 
that's not his skill set. It really isn't. We that's that's what we've learned here at AEW. If you put him in the ring, it doesn't even have to be a star. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he can only work well with stars. If you put him in the ring with someone where he doesn't have to overcompensate to make the match look dope, where he doesn't have to do extra jazz hands and extra skips and extra jumps and extra talking shit or whatever the fuck he does, then the match is neither here nor there. It all depends on how big of a Kenny Omega fan you are. But if you're talking about Omega throwing around five-star matches and you're talking about him in the ring following the command of somebody who knows exactly what to do and now he knows exactly where to throw his shit in. Because how many V-triggers has he thrown in AEW? A lot. The V-triggers he threw at Daniel Bryan, ah, Brian Danielson, uh, were creative. The one where Brian's on the rope, you know, he's got his neck already on the rope, and then Kenny comes up the ramp and he throws that trigger in the back of his neck, choking him on the rope. This is different shit. This is innovative shit. This is the shit he did in Japan. And I don't know if he was just extra motivated because he's in there with Brian, because who's not motivated to get in the ring with Brian? But it's ever since these other guys, the Christian Cages of the world, you know, Moxley, you know, he's had some pretty good matches with Moxley. Uh, Jericho, obviously. When he's in the ring with guys who know what the fuck this is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to go. And yeah, how but it's I don't think that's a bad thing either. I'm not saying it's bad, but if you're going to call yourself the best wrestler in the world, I'm sorry. that. Well, yeah, well, that he's the best wrestler in the world because I don't think a lot, well, in his eyes, and I'm validating that I don't think a lot of people can do what that. Yeah, it may sound He's a little good bit at what like he does. a hindrance. It yeah. might sound a little bit like a hindrance, but there aren't a lot of people that can do what he does like that and adapt to 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 someone else's match, especially in this. I don't know if maybe it's just the AEW syndrome where everyone's getting their nostalgia and they're getting all this crazy stuff and they want to see particular matches wrestled by particular people. And the fact that he is a chameleon, that he can adapt to that, it gives the people what they want. It gives them that match that they're looking for. I don't think he should. I don't think if I were him, I wouldn't want to be in a ring with someone that is not of that level. In my head, if I'm Kenny Omega, I shouldn't be in a ring with someone that I can't adapt to. Hmm. So if I'm in that situation, we're already starting off on a bad foot to begin with. I shouldn't be in someone that much lesser than me. It should be equal or someone with higher uh, wrestling style, whatever the case may be, and we're going to take the lid off of this building. Like, that's that. If I were him, that's how I would feel about that situation. Don't give me someone I can't adapt to. That doesn't make any sense. First of all, it's not my strong point. And second of all, I'm me. Like, don't, don't give me trash. Don't give me trash. Speaking uh, of not trash... Uh, 30 minutes of pure professional wrestling action here, and the crowd was eating it up. Queens was in the house. Queens was loving it. Uh, they followed this match the only way they could, which was not with a match. Promo. Punk comes out. And I have the question now. Punk's been gone for seven years. Did he come back to wrestling and automatically go right back to being the best promo in the business? Is he is he right back into that, well, damn, no one can touch him on the mic? I don't know. I'm getting a little tired of hearing him on the He he comes out there and he does the whole uh, well, not the whole because it's it's it is kind of new, where he's addressing the rumors about him being too happy a guy now. What happened to the old the old? He's CM like punk? the Deadpool of wrestling right now, and I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. He's breaking he's breaking the the, and I think that's why I'm not liking his talking right now. Is because 
he's talking to me specifically uh-huh. and it's weird and i don't like it i don't like that i don't you're, like you're, you're, you're going in and out of a meet and greet versus you being in the in the ring right like i don't know if i'm at a meet and greet or are we are you just shooting a promo i, I don't i can't fucking tell the difference he goes he starts shooting oh wow that was i don't know why i did that he start he starts talking promo and then uh, then he'll start addressing me, like as if I'm standing next to him. And then he starts going into promo again. I, I think his talking at the moment is fucking trash because of wow. that. And it's breaking my fucking immersion. But he's always- And it's inconsistent. And if that's the way he always was, then that's, I would have said that from jump. But I don't know him that well. Mm. I'm only learning him right now. He's and what mastered he's doing the is, art of the work shoot, where he takes a like little that. bit of shoot I, and then he puts all I, the work around it. Fucking hate it. Stop oh. doing it. No, don't stop doing it. That's the that's, I like that. No, it's fucking <laughs> terrible. Stop talking to me. I'm trying to be immersed in what's going on. And you keep dude. it's like you it's like you shoot a promo and you lean over to me. He's like, dude, that was cool, right? I'm like, dude, shut the fuck. Look at that guy. He's about to fight you. Why are you looking at me? Beat his ass. Yeah, <laughs> stop looking at me, dude. I got nothing to do with this. I'm just spectating. Stop talking to oh, me. Oh man. That's how I feel man. about CM Punk right All now. All right, fair enough. I actually thought you'd okay. Oh, there's, there's no. He's talking is great. It, the 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 value of how he, the value of him speaking is not out the window. It's he is the Ryan Reynolds of wrestling. Oh right man, yeah. Ryan Reynolds starring as Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I oh, I'm, man. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Our man. next our next matchup: MJF and Brian Pillman Jr. Any notes on this one? I was I was shocked. At at what? Brian Pillman. Really? Yes. Because I hated Brian in this. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying he's the best thing since sliced bread, yeah. but I was. I, this was a throwaway match. I when I saw MJF, MJF come to the ring, I said again, "This man is wasting his fucking talent." This dude, this dude, MJF feels like he's doing what Jericho should be doing so early in his career. Okay, yeah. But I don't think he should be wrestling these people. He should be he shouldn't be the guy doing pushes. He should be being pushed. And that's what it feels like. It feels like he's he's playing the role of a Jericho where or or a Randy Orton who's in here shining light on younger talent that wants to get out there. That's that's what it feels like. But he's the younger talent that should be But he's the younger so talent. Cool. He should be the one yeah. getting the 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 runs and stuff like that. I know they're. I'm assuming they're saving him because well, know, they think... got all this stuff happening right now, and they're blowing their loads like crazy, and they got people coming over, and he's the ace in the pocket. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel he is their ace in the pocket when it's time for something new and different. When the nostalgia runs its course, he's gonna come in as the new guy and 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 have his title run. But I don't like that. I think I think he's so good that if you keep putting him in people's face the way you are now to buy time, you're going to ruin his run because they're going to be tired of him by the time he gets to that point. Well, I actually think that was the purpose of the Brian Pillman matchup. Um, as we update ourselves now, he's currently in a promo feud right now with Darby Allen. I think that's where they're headed next with, with both of these guys. But I think they, I think they, uh, coming off of the Jericho thing, like you mentioned, 
when we talked about All Out, and said uh, they just took all the heat off this guy. I think that was the point of all this. MJF had just spent nothing but weeks getting all this heat over and over and over, and then the big payoff match here at Grand Slam, and he beats him pretty much outright, and they're not going back to it. It was just a win for MJF to get him looking strong again. Uh, that's the only reason why I didn't really like Brian in this, because I felt like MJF did almost everything. Uh, Brian yeah. is the one getting disrespected. Brian is the one who is getting his family name dragged through the fucking mud and his mother insulted Metheny and all kinds of weird shit every week, talking to MJF standing in the ring, talking to his dad in hell and all kinds of stuff. And I know I could tell now based on the way that it was executed, this whole thing was just to get MJF over more as, as a heel and get him as much heat as possible. But that only works if the baby face can get fucking sympathy. And I'm not saying he's terrible. I think he's got a long way to go, and he's got some learning to do. But it's there, but it's not there yet. And I think MJF did so much heavy lifting in this program right. that, it, that it accomplished his mission. He came off like a real asshole in all this. I'll give it to him. He's that good. But I really felt like the babyface wasn't really much of a help in this scenario. I think there's going to be time for it. I think Brian can get there. But he's not there. He's not fired up. He's not pissed. No, 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 no. He's no. going he's... through the matches it's like a regular ass match, and it's just it wasn't. It didn't feel like a grudge match. It didn't feel like a blood feud. It didn't feel like a guy was trying to get vengeance for his family and for his mother. It just felt like, all right, this dude's cussing me out. I don't like it. So let's have a match. And I'm like, that's not what any of this is supposed to look like. And I know that MJF was going to go over in the end because that was the point. But still, as a this was an opportunity. If he would have gotten over as a babyface, maybe there would have been more opportunity down the line for him. But I think he's. Right. I think they're going to put him right back in the tag team. He's not ready. Let's get him some. Let's get him some reps first and figure out what we're going to do with him. Well, I'm not going to kill him for all that stuff that you just said because you're right. I and I did notice that. So I tried to stray my focus away from that because if there's one gripe I've had with AEW for a very long time is that their storytelling is shit. So they, I mean, it's not just going to magically become amazing, right? Not overnight. So they got, they, they got a, they got a, they got a lot of work to do. They're trying, I see, I, I, I'm at least seeing it across the board, right? With the Ty Conti and the, the, oh, the God, bunny yeah. and the, they're trying <laughs> They're trying to build stories for for payouts. Like they're they're actually actively trying to do it. Uh, so it's a little bit of a crazy moment, right? Because we got all these people coming in at the same time. So that that's hard to build story around like your main event yeah. when your champion is constantly fighting people who are just coming into the company. So I give them a break on that. So your your top end, you can't really develop a story at the moment. Because you have all this surprise and all this stuff going on that it's hard to maintain something too. So that story is out the window. So now then we have to deal with lower end card storytelling, which even at the high end is fucking weak, right? So they're, 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 it's an uphill battle for them when it comes from for when it comes to telling a story. So right now I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for that. So I tried to focus more on the in-ring stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's not the best talent in the world, obviously, but he has potential. He has potential. I, I, I don't like the gimmick. I, I don't like the mullet. I don't, but that's just me. Maybe, maybe people love that shit. I don't know. But as far as the in-ring work goes, 
I was I was impressed. I was thoroughly impressed with oh, them. Yeah, I, I thought I was gonna just side eye that match the whole time. I actually watched the whole thing. I sat there and I, I watched it. And I'm like, man, this guy's okay. He might. I don't know how far he's gonna go, but he impressed me on the first on on this match. So. See, I can't give them a break on that because I said on the show with Xander Lip, the all-out roundtable, you know why you have too many people at the top right now that you're introducing at the same place? Because you didn't space them out. I told you, space them out. And now yeah, you got to deal with load. it. Now you, gotta, now you got to deal with it. Yeah, blow the I whole said, load. Okay, I was the go. only, I think I was the only person in that, in that roundtable before that, before Danielson came out saying, I don't see a problem with them just going all out. Literally. Literally. Fuck. Literally just letting everything out. Who cares? Fuck these stupid surprises, dude. Yeah, well. Fuck them. Come on. We, bring them out. Now we've got a traffic jam. So I guess oh, that's fine. That out. That's fine. What a good problem to have. That's, hey, listen. You could have. You could be the AEW of a year ago. So oh let's just God. let's keep riding the hype train. PTSD right, right there. Uh, Jericho Hager promo to talk about that other UFC Yuck. thing. Whatever. Stop letting Hager speak. Please. Please. That's the only reason why I wrote it down here. That was my point. Don't let him talk anymore, please. Jesus Christ. He, he said something so corny. I don't even remember what it was. But if you look at Jericho's face, he's trying so hard not to laugh at how bad whatever he just said. Yeah, and he, and he has only himself to blame. He's the one who keeps including himself in Hager he's, shit. He's trying. Oh, my God. He's trying. We get off now to the ultimate section of this entire show. The best. This is it. This is the moment. Malachi Black versus the returning Cody Rhodes. And Queens. I got to give it to you, Queens. I heard the rumor. I heard the innuendo. I heard, I saw the writing on the wall. People were putting up statuses. They were planning it. They were talking about it. This is going to happen. Cody was walking into an ambush. And I don't know if he knew it or not. I guess we'll find out on his reality show because I guess they addressed it. But Cody got booed out of that fucking building. Cody was the biggest heel in AEW history on this night. They they booed. They didn't just boo Cody. They booed everyone around Cody by default. If you were a friend of Cody, if you're down with Cody, if you share the same bloodline as Cody, if you once shared a milk with him in school and elementary, you got booed by Queens, New York on this day. They hated wow. his face. They hated his look. They hated See, the fact that he Now I feel like I'm forgetting it. something. They, what they, the fuck happened? They booed his ass through the fucking roof. Malachi Black, who is the major heel in this program and who has kicked all of his friends and family in the fucking face, uh, was the big baby face here. Queens let him have it. And it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Finally, an audience stepped up and did it. I'm glad it was the New York audience. They booed his ass to death. They booed his ass to, to the point where Cody could not not acknowledge it. Like, he was doing his entrance the way that he normally would, but it wasn't really in it, you could tell, because of the reaction. And then he hit the turnbuckle to do his usual come on and give it to me deal when they're cheering for him, and they're booing the shit out of him. And he just gets on the turnbuckle, he looks at him, he listens to it, and if you watch it back, you'll see him just look at the audience and just go, okay, okay. He's literally saying, okay, okay. I get Say, it. Wait, why? All right. What's happening? All right. So the AEW audience is kind of turning on him for two reasons. Uh, a, I don't know if you've heard any of this, but the EVPs, which is Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. um, 
No, wait, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, that's two, that's three of them, and then Cody Rhodes. They're all EVPs for the company. So the rumor mill right now is that the EVPs, uh, more specifically Kenny and the Young Bucks, are have a really rough relationship with Cody Rhodes right now. Because, as nature would have it, and I said this, what, two years ago on my show? When they were all named EVPs? It's hard to run a company with two people. It's going to be impossible to run it with four. Because everyone has their own ideas, and everyone has their own opinions, and I don't care who you are, professional or not, when you have a bunch of opinions and no one takes them, it takes a toll. And you start getting upset. And when you have a difference of opinion for a certain amount of time, it starts to cause separation. And that's where we are. Now, much like when two individuals who have children separate, the children get caught in the middle, and the children now must make a selection. Mm -hmm. The fans have always gravitated toward the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Of the group, they were together long before Cody ever interjected himself into this friendship. He's always kind of been the odd man out. Right. So if you're going to cause a rift between people and yourself that the audience really, really loves and likes, right, you're going to feel the effects of that. Now, that's just one facet of it. The other facet of it is wrestling is, I know he wants to be his dad in the worst possible way, but he has other <laughs> interests outside of wrestling. Right. And that rubs wrestling fans the wrong way, too. He'll start a program, but then he'll cut it short because he has to go film television. You know, he's got to go film the game show or his reality show. So he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. Kenny's out here working every night right? in multiple countries around the world. He's the Mexican AAA ultra mega champion. He was the Impact Wrestling champion for a little while, so he was making Impact tapings. He's the AEW world champion, so he's traveling the world as that. He's making dates. The Young Bucks held the tag titles for, what, 10 months, almost a year, and they're traveling. Defending those titles. They're in the ring. They're doing shit. Cody is doing whatever Cody does. And so you take the fact that there's a rift between him and everybody else's favorite wrestlers. You take the fact that this guy likes to take his vacations and travel around and do whatever he's going to do. This audience is not digging Cody Rhodes. And it hasn't for a while. They've kind of, there's kind of been mixed reactions in certain buildings. But this was the big return. This was his first match back in a while, and Queens let his ass have it. Right. And he got beat, which to, to, the, to the happiness of the crowd. They went home happy on that one. Right. So we're going to have to head back to the drawing board here and see what we're going to do. Cody's a natural heel. Cody has always been a heel. He's only been babyfaces on a handful of occasions, and it's never worked. This was the longest run he's ever had at a babyface, and it's ending right. with him being booed. So we'll see. Could, will this be a return to heel Cody? We'll find out. Because heel Cody is dope. I like heel Cody. Because he embraces the snobby, I'm the son of Dusty Rhodes gimmick, and he's the whole, I'm better than you, and da-da-da-da-da. So we'll right. see. We'll see. The match itself, meh. It's a Cody Rhodes match, so I was like, meh. It's all right. What did you feel about the match? Uh, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That I mean, that's the, it, I, it, wasn't, record, it was a sound, I, but it was really a word. I'm on record about how I feel about Cody. Though. You are. So, again, not to say that he's not a good talent. Again, it just spews off of him the entitlement. And it really just kill. I don't want him anywhere near Aleister Black. Like, just let let Aleister Black be him because I'm enjoying that. And 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Between, I don't know. I really, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I've talked about him before. So it, it's just the same thing. I thought that when he came back, it would, it would be nice. And when I did see him, it, it was a little bit of a reset, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sold. I, I'm not, I, I, I could do without him to be honest with you. And I, I, I don't do mean, like, I feel bad saying that, but it is what it is, dude. Yeah, I feel this, and I think a lot of people do, and that's why they're booing. They're just like, whatever, I'm over it, done. Uh, they did a Miro package on Sammy, hyping up for the for um the next week's Dynamite. You know what? Hold on, there. sidebar. I do want to say, people will show their true colors, man. This could be the very reason why the WAB never really went full fledged on Cody, and these are things that you would never be privy to. But maybe he's just unreliable. Right. Maybe he's unreliable because it, given the opportunity, he's always going to choose what's the betterment of him mm-hmm. and not for the representation of the company. Right. And some people go, well, oh, you always got to look for it. No, you cannot have someone put faith in you for something that they own because you feel like you deserve to be the top guy if you are unreliable. I don't care how good you are. I know people want to talk shit about Roman or whatever the fuck they may say about him, but he puts a mask on before he goes into the crowd because he knows he can't afford to get sick, whether it be for his own health or for the fact that he's the man holding the belt and he's the face of the company. He cannot be sick. That is the type of shit that people want in their company. Not the guy who's going to run off and do the the one-off thing that is important to him because he, because of his ego, he's on record saying he's got a massive ego. And that he has to feed that ego and he'll do whatever it takes to do whatever he wants for himself. And you can feel that coming off of him. I just making this. That's why it doesn't work as a baby. And, and that's, and that's why I wanted just to point out that when some people get so uptight about people that they like and go, yeah, they didn't give them a chance. They should have. There's a lot of things behind the scenes, both in wrestling and management your job today. (laughs) There's a reason why the guy who's been there for 15 years isn't a manager. And it's not the bullshit he's telling you about how he doesn't want to do that. Because everyone wants to make more money. (laughs) You understand that? Yeah, I turned it down. Don't don't ever fucking, don't ever fucking get that confused. If someone is not where they, where you think they should be because you see them on a surface level, Believe me, there's there's reasons, and he's probably showing those reasons right now, and people don't even put those things together. But I just want to make note of that. <laughs> it, there's a there's many factors. Look what happened with uh, Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears. How many times did they have him come in and redo his gimmick and everything? And he finally finds a ten thing, and then everyone's like, "Well, he should get pushed. He should get pushed." Then he goes to AEW, the company he went to because he's friends with the EVPs, and he's not getting pushed there either. So, whose fault is it now? <laughs> so, anyway. People should focus on themselves. Focus on themselves. There you the go. The best that they can, man. Miro package on Sammy. They're hyping the following week's Dynamite. They're going to compete for the TNT Championship. Uh, FTR versus Darby and Sting. Boy, Sting. Let me tell you. That Stinger. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be done. That's the you know I was gonna say the excuse me I was gonna say the world is but I don't think so he gets a crazy no. reaction too but uh, yeah absolutely this, I give yeah. credit to FTR for how this went but I don't know I I really I really think I really think this hurt FTR more than it helped 
I don't think this sixty hurt. year this sixty year old man shouldn't be taking your ass to the limit. I'm sorry. I, I get it. He's staying and he's he's in great shape for a man in his sixties, but he's in his fucking sixties. Yeah, but I think that's why it doesn't hurt them, man, because people don't look at it that way. I do, but I don't think the masses look at it. And that way, they just see the guy. The nostalgia glasses. They, they see the guy doing the moves that they did in the video game, and and they're just like, it's cool, and it's fine. I'm not fucking knocking anybody for liking what they like, but I don't think this hurts anybody. If anything, it might work well on their resume. I don't know how. It's I'm still, sure they were happy to get an NWA guy in there and wrestle him. Listen, I, at this point, I I don't pretend like I know the answer to these things. Mm. I'm confused by it, just like you are. So. Fuck. And I have a bone to pick with Ray's. Because, because, and it involves FTR. Because Ray's loves to shit on me for being a cornet mark. Like, I'm, a, I'm an old school wrestling fan. And sometimes I bring that to my managing style. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh my god, you and that old school shit, blah, blah, blah. FTR is coming out with the Midnight Express tights. They just got the new music, and the new music is an AEW version of the old Midnight Express ring music from back in the day, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you you know the song. It's from the Scarface movie. It was in the GTA game. It was like, gotcha. that? Yeah. yeah. So like, they got a remix of that, now. I'm like, bro, you keep calling me the fucking cornet Midnight Express mark. Oh, my God. Like, these motherfuckers. Are expo markers. They are the they are the old. They are permanent markers. They 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 are huge fans, and they are making it shown here on television. Although, if there's going to be a team today that's close to the Midnight Express, it'd be them. So I, I'll give them that. But Jesus Christ, right. tone it down. We get it. You're already being managed by a horseman. Christ Almighty. They love that old school NWA shit, man. They're from the Carolinas. That's what they grew up on. They grew up on Crockett. So there you go. Our main event. Ruby Soho and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, for the women's championship in the main event. Was this every time Baker gets in the ring with another opponent, all I can think in my head is, God damn it, get back in there with Thunder Rosa. I don't know. They're making me want that match more and more every day. That's good. Because the women are one of the only ones that are doing it right. This match was great. I like this match. I like the fact that Ruby got a chance to actually wrestle in this match, which she hasn't done in a few years. Knock on wood. But what did yeah. you did anything special stand out about this match to you, or is it just more of it was a solid match, more breaker? And, and that sounds yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like that sounds bad when you say it was a solid match, but it was a solid match. Like mm-hmm. I I don't have any gripes with it. It wasn't anything crazy. I love seeing the I love seeing that woman in the ring. She's great. Uh, Ruby Soho is is you know I'm I don't know much about her. Uh, she was kind of I felt like she was kind of a throwaway in the WWE. Unfortunately, I mean she's even kind of mentioned yeah, that I think WWE as well. Felt the same so, way you did. So so like I I, I don't know much about her. I, I like her. I like the shit talking between both of them. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, her her mic. So I get really cringy when certain people speak. I don't know if it's just me or whatever. Uh, she's growing on me. Uh, I, I she doesn't have the greatest delivery. Doesn't feel natural. Uh, but 
she's not that's not to say that she's bad either so to me this was a learning experience with uh, ruby soho and i think the match was pretty solid i mean there's really not much to say nothing really crazy happened yeah nothing crazy but it yeah, was it a just had a solid match it was a good match it was all right it was pretty good it's pretty good what else can you we open up you? we open up rampage with an nxt 2.0 match we have uh cm punk one-on-one with powerhouse hobbs this was the established veteran Trying to work a match and get over one of the young guys. Yeah, this is a hard pass for me. Man. <laughs> Punk is not going trending in the right direction for me. I I know what he's doing. <laughs> I know what he's doing. So I respect him for it. I don't like this. I I just don't. I don't. I don't. I think it's too soon for him to be wrestling these new guys. I know what he's there's no do, chemistry though. there. Yeah. I I yeah. He's trying to get these guys acclimated to wrestling a certain style and. And to uh, wrestle, uh, he's in doing matches. what a year or two ago we were talking to AEW had severe issues with, and that was getting to these new guys, teaching them the right way. And I feel like Punk is really trying to show that he is <laughs> actively doing that, and I fucking hate it. I I just don't like it. I I see the <laughs> Punk. I keep hearing all the hoopla about this guy. And it was just fortunate that he got into the ring for the first time with someone that I like. I like Darby Allen. But if you're not a Darby Allen guy, you probably already feel the same way that I do now after the, watching this match. Again, it wasn't a bad match. I don't hate the other guy he was in the ring with. I just don't want to see this. No. But I don't know if that's just me not really. You're not feeling punk right now. It's not that I'm, I don't, I'm not blinded. I think that's what it is. I'm not blinded by the nostalgia. I, I don't, I'm coming in kind of fresh mm-hmm. and maybe that is bad for me because like, obviously he's not going to have the same type of matches that he had back in the day. So maybe I'm missing out and that's fine. But maybe, and maybe that's why I probably feel like I don't like seeing him in these matches with these younger guys, but Obviously, he's been doing this for a long time, and maybe he should be. I don't fucking know. All I know is I don't like this. <laughs> Do not like. Unsubscribe. I don't like it, man. I don't know. I just don't like it. I'd ra- First of all, these two guys are just annoying within themselves. I don't know what they're saving that. What the fuck is his name? The little skinny white kid? Ricky Starks. Oh, the uh, hook, 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 hook. I don't know. This guy must be a god. Because they keep talking about him like he's guy. I haven't seen this fucking guy lift a finger yet. No, he that's uh, Taz's son. He doesn't do anything. I don't even know why he's there. I, I don't know. They said they mentioned when he first debuted. That's they mentioned that he was. That's Taz's son. Did he get a DNA test? Uh, Is I, he sure? I wasn't in the room. I don't know. He's claiming him though, so that's all that matters. Oh, okay. Well, fuck. I mean, shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's all that matters to me. If he's, he's claiming him, I guess that's, that's I mean, it. I mean, he, he's, he's, I wouldn't there. have been able to guess that. They, they debuted him when they debuted him. He was training at the Nightmare Academy with Cody Rhodes and Dustin and stuff. Right. And then they ran an angle where uh, Taz took his son back. He was like, no, I'm going to train him. Fuck all that. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, they've done dick with it ever since. I don't know. We've never heard about it again. He's never wrestled a match. So I don't know what the fuck's happening. He's just on this team. Whatever. And he runs distractions, I guess. I don't yeah, know. More, all, all the more reason. Because the problem with CM Punk doing this is I think these guys are just not developed at all to the point where Punk is trying to show emotion 
and we know at the end of the day he don't give a fuck. No. Yeah, no. No, we don't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't right, know. So hold on one second here. We got Punk's Hobbs. Then we go to the debut of Super Click back together. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks against Jurassic Express and Christian Cage in a six-man tag team match that did exactly what I thought it was going to do, and that was be all over the goddamn place. Yeah. So, more of the Young Bucks stuff. I, I know there's that. six people here, but it's more of the Young Bucks stuff. So, that's all. That's all yeah, I need I'm, to do. I'm loving Adam Cole, man, but if they keep killing me with this Young Bucks shit, I don't know how long I can hang on. I love the intro. I love the Adam Cole, baby, in the ring. I'm I'm sold on it. You got me hooked. But and and, and then when you're in the ring, it's great too. Mm-hmm. But then, then these young bucks, man. I just me personally, I just don't like looking at them. So no, I'm not a fan. I, as you folks at home will notice, I was more in love with Dynamite than I was Rampage. So yeah, it was the six man match that went all over the place, which is usually the other way around. I know, and it's yeah, they had a lot of momentum, and then I don't know what happened. It kind of fell off the rails. But uh, Jericho and Hager, that one versus, hour, baby. Uh, yeah, I know. It's that one hour, baby. Oh, oh, it hits so I good. Know. Super click uh, the Jurassic Express. Okay, uh, Jericho Hager versus the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I didn't even watch it. I side-eyed it. Okay, good. Moving on. Okay, this is where my issue is right here. So we have an eight-man tag. And this is where I get to my point that I mentioned earlier. So go ahead. There's an eight-man tag here. Private Party, the Butcher and the Blade, representing the Hardy family office against Santana and Ortiz and the Lucha Bros, the AEW World Tag Team Champions. What was your issue? Oh no no you 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 go first because okay. my issue isn't necessarily the match itself okay. because I actually have a, a something to say about that but it's the company in general and the way that they're trending the way that they're trending okay well my issue I don't know if we have the same issue I doubt it but my issue is as I feel this was a huge missed opportunity how so huge 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 the young bucks were the tag team champions just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they lost to, at the, the cage match to the Lucha Bros at All Out. Great mm-hmm. moment for the Lucha Bros. Great moment for their families. I'm not trying to take anything away. But they knew they had a stadium booked in Queens long before they dropped those titles at All Out. And I say that this is a huge missed opportunity because the Young Bucks were tag team champions for quite a while. And I really feel like the missed opportunity here is those titles should have been dropped in this stadium against Santana and Ortiz. Uh, some might say because, you play favorites. Well, that was just going to address that. Some might say I'm playing favorites, but hear me out. Santana and Ortiz have only had one title match in the entire two years of AEW. They've had less title matches than the Jurassic Express have for the World Tag Team Championship. Okay, they've got less tag team title matches than anybody else in the company. Now, a big reason for that is because they also happen to be a part of the big heel stable in the company, the inner circle. So they have been involved in other things, but they've been in top tier things. They're not a tag team that has not gotten a lot of tag team title matches because they're lower on the pole, like the like the varsity guys or whatever, Pillman and whatever. You know, or mm-hmm. the hybrid or something like that. Mm-hmm. They've been portrayed as a top tag team this entire run. They just haven't been put in a top situation. 
You have Queens. Now, it's not their hometown, but it's in the five boroughs, which is in New York City, which is where they're from. It's New York. It's New York. It's their, their territory. Home. It's their house. You they know how to get you from you, that building to yes. anywhere in the city. You don't home. have anywhere on this roster anybody who's as over in New York as that team. And you heard it in the response. When they came out with their warrior gimmicks, you know, they came out dressed like those baseball players from the movie The Warriors. Mm-hmm. When they came out, that building lost its fucking mind. And then they mm-hmm. cut the entrance short because the Lucha Bros had to get out there. Mm-hmm. Now, again, yes, people are going to look at me and they're going to go, oh, you're showing your bias. Those are your friends. Yes, but I have actual business merit in saying all of this. This was yes. a great opportunity because you didn't – they had great moments on this show, uh, mm-hmm. the, the two shows, right? Your opening match was dope. That's going to be historic. People are going to be talking about that. You didn't have any real title changes. As a matter of fact, the next week on Dynamite, the one that just passed, Sammy beat Miro for the TNT Championship. You didn't do it. You, you blew your whole wad. I didn't wad. get to watch that. That's nasty. If that's they the blew their whole wad at All Out. You couldn't save a little semen for the fucking Queens crowd in Grand Slam. You didn't save any of your surprises. You didn't save any of your real big matches. You gave him one big match and a bunch of other matches that just happened to be kind of okay. Mm-hmm. You didn't have anything big for this show, and yet you're treating it like a big show. You gave it a name. You're treating it like almost like a television-style pay-per-view. It's a Because big they deal. know the fans there. And you they took know your that... top New York attraction and put them in an eight-man fucking mess. No, that's a missed opportunity. I'm sorry. I know the Lucha Bros got a big moment, and I don't want to take that from them. But business-wise, if you take away the tag title change at All Out, is All Out really that much worse of a pay-per-view? No. You save that and you put it on this show, does it make it better? Rampage. Does it make Rampage a better show? Yes. So you hurt one show in order to help a show that didn't really need the help. That's all I'm saying. That's why I said at the beginning of this, it's nitpicking. Because what actually happened wasn't terrible. But this was a great opportunity to do some real business. And I know, again, people are going to say, well, those are your friends. Well, my friends deserved it. I'm not pitching this because I know them. And I'm like, well, they're a New York team. That makes more sense. No, they're the most over New York talent that they have. And they just happen to be one of the most over teams that they have, period, regardless of hometown. Right. So you're in their hometown and you pair them with the tag team champions, not put them in a tag team title match. I can well, understand why they didn't do it with the Lucha Bros because they're new and you don't want to kill them right off the bat. But that's my point. The Lucha Bros shouldn't have been in this spot. It should have been the Young Bucks, Santana and Ortiz on Rampage for the tag titles. If you were looking for a reason, their main event, we didn't get to it yet, their main event took place in front of half the building. Because that's another issue that I have with this company, and I was going to save it for last, but we talked about it, me and you. To go to an AEW event is a test of wills. It's, it's seven, eight hours. It's it's yeah. dark match tapings. It's dark tapings. Then it's dynamite. Then it's fucking rampage. And then it's whatever Yahoo bullshit they want to put together. It's an all-day, all-night affair. People have shit to do. That's why for rampage, since it was the second half of the night, a lot of the seats were empty and a lot of the audience was less active than it was before. And mm-hmm. even in that setting, Ortiz and Santana were the biggest pop of the fucking night. That would have been your... You had a dynamite moment in Omega and Danielson. You gave up a rampage moment. That could have been a rampage moment right there. People would have stayed longer 
If they knew that down the line, wait, I got to see Ortiz and Santana win the tag titles in Queens. I have to. Right. But it was a missed opportunity. But go ahead. What was your issue with the with the eight man? Well, with that specifically, my hot take is the fact that I don't think AEW fucks with them. Hmm. Not like that. No. No, not even close, actually. Like, they're in their hometown, dude. And uh, I'm trying to remember the verbiage. I just, it stood out to me so specifically when it happened. When they came out, the crowd was going nuts. Like, obviously, they, all they homies is, is out there. You know, those guys seen them wrestling all over that place. And I think the announcer, and I think yeah, of all people, I don't know why I was blown away by Taz. Taz was the one that said it, but he said something like, yeah, they're, they're from here, or uh, this is Queens, or something like that, like a one-liner. Yeah. And then, and then that was it. Like, there was no sell to yep. his why, why this would be as hype as it is. If you're in the building, you get it, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. But, for all of those watching who aren't from New York and don't know that these guys are big in New York and that they love their, their homegrown from there. You didn't get that across the screen either. No, it would. They just expected the spot fest to be what it was here. Enjoy the flips. So with that, but that's my point. Like you don't respect these guys. You don't have that vision for these guys. These matches that they're having are high level matches. They're great tag team matches they're not getting the proper push and and it just screams that they're not being handled the way that I don't want to say they should because if they got a better I think they're standing out a lot more right now is because they're not getting as many looks as they are so when they come out they're like holy fuck these guys are nuts can they do that every night with the belts? I don't know, but we won't know that if you don't give them the proper push. And I feel like that. I feel like the company itself does not like those two guys. They just don't see them as the guys or someone to hold the belt. I don't see them getting those belts for a very long time, if if ever. I'm surprised they haven't gotten it yet. I will because, be surprised if they get it. Ooh, I'll take because that. you could. Ju- I'm not talking about their talent. I'm just yeah. saying, like the way the, the way company treats them, yeah. the way the announcers talk about them. It's just everything gets flat when they come out. It's like they don't fucking care. I don't know why, because these guys are when they're in that ring. It's it's good. It's fun to watch. They have great tag team matches, and I'm not a big tag team guy myself. I, I like one-on-ones. I, I personally just prefer the one-on-one storytelling, um, which brings me to my next point. <sighs> they got it. I know people have said this before or whatever. Honestly, I'm not even going to say that they have to. Do you think that they have to get rid of all these factions? Obviously. Because the problem with these factions, and, and it's I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here, but this is just things that were going on in my head when I was watching this. They have somewhat mastered the multi-man match. They have somehow found a way to make these multi-man matches entertaining. I like their multi-man matches. There's just way too many of them. Like, I, I'm at the point now when they have multi-man matches in AEW, I'm not saying, okay, I can go use the bathroom. I'm going to want to watch this because they have really cool they have really cool spots in a lot of these 
that, especially that one was like, I don't even know who the fucking guy was. And then I went back and reviewed the match. And I'm like, oh, okay. They actually did that correctly. No one fucked up. There was a tag. Well, kind of, but there was a tag. Like, I was blown away by it. It was interesting. But it's just like, dude, these factions don't even make sense, bro. You got a guy who makes a lot of money. You got two people who want to party. And then you got a hip hop guy who's by himself wearing neon green and baggy clothes like it's just they don't make sense no. and then you have them in these matches which are good matches because they're all good talent and i'm just i just want to go out and say you know who else they don't respect who's a fucking great uh yeah, hardy private party oh private okay these dudes are i don't know why i don't know what is going on with me right now but i am i am sold on all the flashy shit and these two are fucking the, the flips that these guys do. They just they don't care about their body. They have no They've they never have cared no about concern. Their body. <laughs> they have no concern of the result of them landing on the ground yeah. in which the manner they jump off of they something. They never have. And it's fucking beautiful. Like it's it they have so much finesse when they do these things and they're just strapped to this unit that is so fucking confusing like i just i don't get it i feel like there are a lot of talent behind these i think the thought process behind it is if you have clicks you can get more people on tv but it's just starting to cause a cluster a clusterfuck that is not rearing its ugly head just yet but it's it's going to ruin something if they don't start splitting this stuff up well, private party doesn't get looked at the way that you're describing because, I, and I love private party. I've been with it's them. the gimmick. I, no, the it's talent really for me. The talent is oh, phenomenal. Yeah, I don't like the gimmick. No, it, it, and, and I've listen. I go way back with private party. There, we. I've probably worked more shows with private party than I have with Ortiz and Santana. But yes, okay. This is the best way I could describe this when it comes to them. Right. They what for what they do, they do it very, very well, but they're not the only ones that do what they do. And that's the problem. If this was a company that had a particular style that wasn't like theirs, like let's say like 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 an NXT, right, where it was more of a stronger style, more of a, you know, especially toward the later in there where mm-hmm. it was just more wrestling or whatever. And then you bring in a private party. Kind of like what NXT is doing right now with MSK. You know, they do a lot of the flippy shit. And they're on cards and wrestling shows that don't have a ton of of flippy shit. So they stand out. Private party does a lot of cool shit. But what they do is common there. So they don't really stand stand out. out. A lot of people don't, though. To me, I think they do. Like, they look, they look, they don't. They don't really it's stand the out like that. It's the gimmick. That's what it is for me. I, if I if I were to say what the issue is and why people can't quite put their finger on why they don't stand out, it's the gimmick. It's fucking dumb. It's a dumb gimmick. You're grown-ass men who probably don't even... Well, if you do party, I don't know. Look, dude, it just doesn't sell to me. But the talent... I think they stand out. You, they can, you can put them in a room full of people that do flippity flip shit, and I'm going to be like, yo, those guys are dope. 
I think it's the fucking gimmick. That's all it is. Mm. It's just shots. a gimmick. Shots. <laughs> That's fucking like it's cool. Like uh, you know, whatever. Like sure, but for me, if they wanted to be taken a lot more seriously, or if they really felt like they were gonna skyrocket to the top and be the it's not that's not it man that's not it that's not the gimmick that's going to be the face of the company i'm sorry it's just not happening Hmm. well after these guys andrade did a promo where he spoke in english and then they subtitled his english uh anna (laughs) j anna j and penelope ford had a match okay that was that our main good match yeah it was all right anna j i like i like anna j uh yeah, <laughs> I like energy. I'm a fan. Yeah, uh, fan. The main fan. event. Yeah, big, big fan. Uh, so is Jungle Boy. Suzuki Gun. They're reuniting. Lance Archer and uh, Minoru Suzuki against Moxley and Kingston. I mean. I fucking hate and love Kingston at the same time. This this was not a main event match. <laughs> this is not the match that should have gone on last in Queens at midnight. This is, I'm sorry, this is not the one. And if you're going to sit there and complain, oh, well, it, you know, it's this person and this person. Yeah, well, the audience still left. I watched that match. The seats were fucking emptying out. Right. Now, I know I'm not going to sit here and say it was because of them or because they were putting up a stinker of a match. It's late. It's fucking late. It's almost fucking midnight. And like people right. were saying online, there's no real parking area for that. So a lot of them took trains. They got to take trains home. If you're not familiar with New York, that's a pain in the ass to catch a fucking train to go home at midnight. Some of them got to take car services. It's not a good situation. So people started fucking leaving. And I felt terrible because the big surprise at the end is Homicide makes his debut to the to, to Nothing. There was hardly anyone there. I felt well, so fucking bad. Well, to be fair, bad. he didn't fucking do anything either. Another so. fucking problem. Well, what the fu- they gave him an entrance. They put his name on the ramp. Pretty much. That's and he comes, pretty much. Yeah, and he comes in the ring. He swung a chair once. He took a bump to the outside, and I never saw him again. That he couldn't even grab. He was so hyped. He couldn't even grab the chair. He was fumbling. He was so amped up. I fucking love D to death. He's the best. Uh, Homicide has... has helped my career so much and raise his career so much. And he's currently in the process of helping us do things. And I just felt so bad because I'm like, because everything they said was true. He is the Godfather here in New York. He's the guy in New Mm -hmm. York. He's the one everyone looks up to. He's, he helps so many people. He's so great. And I felt terrible because I, because he comes in, he comes in, he comes down the ramp, he does like two quick things, and we never see him again, and all these other fuckers have to run spots. What the fuck are you running spots for? It's over, bro. Let Homicide come in and beat the fuck out of you and get the crowd hot. That, that, I assumed that was the point of having him there. When he had scissors, I thought he was going to cut somebody open. Oh, with man. That shit. I thought, man, there was so many things running through my head. I'm like, yo, he's about to murder somebody on fucking television, for real. Because he was so geeked up for it. I'm like, yo, he's going to spaz, and he's going to fucking stab somebody for real. Like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great television. And nothing really happened. And I was like, all right. And I don't even know if they plan on bringing him back. Because right. he still has. Well, they said Homicide is in AEW. The way he verbalized it sounded like he was going to be there. But yeah, we'll see. Because he still has the NWA gig. And he's, he's still in a stable in Ring of Honor. So I'm like, he's all over the place. I don't know. If you ask me, they disrespected New York. Mm. More specific. What do you mean? The way they handled him? 
him and uh, Kingston Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, and Kingston. When you think about it, I know Kingston, Kingston. was. I know Kingston was in the main event and he got the pin at the end, but that yeah, was not was the so match. was so hyped. He was yelling at himself to get his shirt off of him because it wouldn't rip. <laughs> no, this dude, this guy. This was not. Crazy. This was not the. That's why I'm saying missed opportunity. If Santana and Ortiz would have been competing for the tag titles in the last match of that show, that crowd would have still. That building would have been full. They would have been waiting for it, and not this. I don't. As soon as people said Kingston and Moxley against these two, they were out. They were out. I'm sorry. I know people have love for Suzuki. I'm I'm iffy on him. I don't really get the hype, to be honest with you, with Suzuki. I don't get it. I'm not a big Lance Archer guy. He's not a bad talent, but it's whatever. It's a you know, it's it's your it's whatever your flavor is. That's not for me. And I love Moxley and I love Kingston. I'm starting to not like them together, to be honest with you. They're too similar. They did a promo earlier in the night where like. I think it was a side-by-side where Archer and Suzuki were in one frame, Moxley and Kingston in the other. And they're cutting a promo and Moxley, not Moxley, Kingston cuts him off, says a bunch of, I don't know, caveman shit, and then he just walks off. Oh, forget that. I'm out. I'm out. I'm yeah, going. That's what I was talking about. I'm going. rip his shirt. Yeah, he and rip. he fucking left. And Moxley is sitting there like a dumbass. Still talking. It's talking. And then the fucker had to come back. And I'm like, this is why the two of you shouldn't have been together. If you separate, if each person, Moxley and Kingston, does the same exact thing that they did, just not at the same time, the promo works. If right. Kingston cuts off Archer and Suzuki, does all that caveman shit, and then you know, he goes, oh, fuck this, I'm out, and he leaves, and you cut the promo there, it works. If Moxley listens to Suzuki and Archer and then cuts the same exact promo, it works. The right. two of them together don't work. They're canceling each other out. Kingston made Moxley look like a dick. Because Kingston did all that goofy shit, walked off, and Moxley's sitting there with his dick in his hand. Like, you know I got to say shit, right? It's my turn. I can't leave. Like, he did his whole setup and walked out like a badass. And then Moxley has to stand there because he like, can't leave yet. He's like the guy who storms out and forgets his keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Moxley is the keys sitting on the table. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? So he, you know, I don't like these two together. I get that they're friends and Moxley's trying to. Give him a little bit of that rub. I get it. They don't work together. I'm sorry. They don't. He needs to worry about his own rub. Yeah, Moxley needs to figure his shit out. And Kingston, <sighs> I love Eddie to death. I really do. But he needs to he he needs to be a mouthpiece. He needs to be a mouthpiece. He he needs to get. <laughs> it's his dream to do all this stuff, and I, I want him to live his dream. He's finally signed by a major company. He's been waiting for this right. for years. So I'm not gonna sit here and say, hey, get out of the ring, but. You're hurting your stock, bro. Like, really. Like, the fans love you. They get you. They understand you. But every time physically you do this, it just it looks not so good. The back I don't fist, like him in the ring. I, if he's he was, different. If he was put he, in the ring and his, if his strengths were utilized correctly, he'd be fine. But they don't right. know how to do that with him. Right. They're putting him in these matches where he's being forced to actually grapple with motherfuckers, and that's not his strong suit. If right. anything, he needs to be like Moxley, and that's the problem, because Moxley's Moxley. So when you put them together, it doesn't work. If he punched and kicked and slapped and suplexed like he wants to, it would work. But they keep putting him in these positions where he has to actually get on the mat, and that's that exposes him. Right. And there's only but so many promos he can cut before the audience goes, you know what, he's a great talker, but I don't get it. It's like when they figured out The Miz. When Miz started talking his way into high-profile situations, everybody was like, oh, that's great. 
But the higher up the card he got, the more he got exposed because now you got to work and he can't do it. All he can do is cut promos. So that's when they stopped. Okay, well, then he goes back to the middle card. And that's why he's been stuck there ever since because they figured out on top he can't do it. Eddie's in that position. He can talk his ass off. He can talk himself into a main event. He's one of the best talkers they have. Right. But once he puts his gear on, the channel changes and it turns people off. And there's only but so many times you can rebound from being exposed like that. Eddie's rebounded more than most. I'll give it to him. But there's only you run out of bullets eventually. And soon the promos aren't going to cut it. So they need to protect him because he's he has the one thing a lot of their performers don't have. He connects. These people get into him. They love him. They follow his every shit. They ch- and it, Eddie's such a easy chant. Eddie, Eddie. It's familiar for wrestling fans. It works. But the more he looks like a goof out there, the more that it hurts. And I'm not saying he is a goof because he can go in the right circumstance, but he's not being put in the right circumstances. So either he needs to start protecting himself or his right. friend needs to start protecting him and not allowing him in, especially if you're in these tag matches. If you're in a tag match, I'm sorry, Mox, but you got to be Danny Ambrose in this matchup with Kingston. You can't do the Mox thing and then leave Eddie with nothing to do. Moxley can wrestle. We've seen him in his Ambrose days. We've seen him work matches like a regular fucking worker, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be Moxley. Which is fine when you're in a singles capacity and you're just being Moxley. If you're going to team with Kingston, it doesn't work because he does the same shit you do. So if you do it and you do it better at a higher quality, where does that leave him? Right. You got to wrestle. You got to be Ambrose. You got to get the heat. You've got to work the match. And then you got to bring your slugger in there to do the dirty work after the fact. He's got to be the hot tag. He's got to come in, suplex, back this. He looks dope. Let him start. Let him do some stuff. Let him tag you in. You guys get your shine. Mox gets cut. He starts taking the heat. Eddie's getting the crowd all hyped up into this. We get a tag in there that the referee didn't see. Eddie's arguing with the referee. I got tagged. The crowd's getting all hot, getting all hot. Moxie finally avoids an attack from the team. He gets the big tag. Here comes Eddie. Backfist, suplex, bing, bang, boom. We're bouncing off. Now Moxie can be Moxie because now he's fighting. He's shooting. It's a pier six brawl. And then you get into your finish, however you want to customize that. It's a simple formula. But to have Kenny, Kenny, to have Kingston in here going toe-to-toe with these wrestlers and trying to grapple and headlock and hammerlock, no. No. And if Eddie's the one doing this on the cusp, no. Stop, Eddie. Beat the shit out of people. That's what we want to see you do. We want to see you beat the shit out of people. Seth Rollins was on Steve Austin's podcast the other day. He was just talking about it. He had to learn the difference between working matches and 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 uh, drawing money. Eddie can draw money. He just needs to be put in a position to do that. He needs to be an attraction. He needs to be a guy that gets into a fight. A Dusty Rhodes type deal. Give him a specific fight, as a matter of fact. If you want to do start doing stuff like New York City Street Fight, or something like that, something tailored to him where he can use that to tell his stories and he can get into situations where he's like, well, I've had enough of this bullshit with this dude. I want him one-on-one in a New York City street fight, whatever the fuck, and build toward that. So at least Kingston can draw you money in that way. If, 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 if Eddie Kingston can't draw you money in Des Moines, Iowa, or Houston, Texas, or whatever fucking redneck ass, whatever place, that's fine. He still serves a purpose on your roster because when you come to New York, he's going to be your fucking ace in the hole. That building will sell out to see Eddie Kingston if he's put in the right spot. 
So it's not just about Eddie. All the pieces, all the players need to be on the same page, and we all need to get to the same place. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Again, nitpicking. But that match doesn't work. It didn't work in the main event, and it wouldn't have worked in the first match either, just based on the way that it was worked. So if you're letting these people just do whatever they want, that's what you're going to get. Otherwise, get an agent in there and have these motherfuckers go over what they want to do and how they want it to look. You don't have to confine people to a script. You don't have to tell Archer and Kingston, okay, you be here, you be here, you do this. You don't have to choreograph it. Just tell your guys, I need Kingston to look like this. I need Suzuki, out of respect for New Japan, to look like this. I need Moxley to keep his baby face stuff here, and I need Archer to keep his heat heat here. That's it. You guys figure out how that... We got world champions in this conversation. They should be able to figure this out. Just tell them what you want. I want this, 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 this. Don't tell them to do whatever they want, because that's how you're going to get the goofy shit you get. Give them direction. This is how you're supposed to look. You're supposed to look. You're supposed to look. Now go. That's it. And I feel bad for Homicide, because that was his debut, and it could have been a hot one. And they just, it was flat. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Well, anyway, guys, next week, next week, four-year anniversary. I know I'm hyped. I know I'm ready for it. I don't sound like it right now because I'm tired, but I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I plowed through this yeah. episode. I, I, I'm not feeling well, but we're, we're getting to where we're going to be. I'm going to have all the energy in the world next week, I promise. And I will be all bringing right. back my special cup. Uh, which will have, I'm sure, something in it that will make my evening even much more enjoyable. I've been too sober for these live ones. It's time to spice things up a bit. So there's going to be much to discuss next week. The WWE just com- will be completing, I believe, because it just happened on Friday, and the second half will happen on Monday. The WWE draft, they've they've moved some players around. We'll talk about that a little bit. We've got the big uh, trivia game that's going to take place next week. You guys get a chance to win some prizes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ming is back. And everything everything we just talked about, AEW-wise, he's going to have the inside scoop. He's going to give us the what happened. He's going to tell us all the juicy gossip, Mm. everything that took place behind the scenes. My man has photos of everything in the back. He's got the evidence. So we'll get down what really happened. At there Grand you go. Slam. <clears throat> so thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And of course, thank you guys for enjoying episode 207. Ooh, look at that. I remember 207. This is my daddy's 200th episode. If you look to soul, boys, mugs, t-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats, towels, phone cases. Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy. And he's not playing with me. So stop listening. But, but he's actually playing with me, so I won't fight. <laughs>